0: Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, Fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that always balances on the edge of a steel blade. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one either. But anyway, Tommy T's Chelsea eked out a 2-1 win against an edgy, Sheffield United on Sunday with a trademark. Thank you. Clever, uh, sorry, edgy. you can save the applause till after I finish reading it. Uh, uh where was I? Tommy T's Chelsea eked out a 2-1 win against Edgy Sheffield what? United. Shush. <laughs> on Sunday evening with a trademark <laughs> Jorginho penalty and a Lampard esque strike sandwiching a Keystone Cop's own goal by Tony Rüdiger. Pretty it wasn't, but it's hard to deny that a win against United away, even if they are bottom of the league, is three points well won. And Chelsea showed some of some steel of their own to bring the points home. Of course, we'll never know if Frank's Chelsea would have had the game management to see the win out at 2-1, but we do know that Tommy T is getting the luck to go his way, with a penalty to United being denied by VAR, and then VAR overturning Kevin Friend's decision on the Werner penalty. Got to love VAR, really, haven't we, chaps? Anyway, either way, that's now three wins and a draw for Tommy T in his first four matches, unbeaten and up to fifth, just a point behind Liverpool, just four behind Leicester, and trailing Man United by only six. Top four hopes have been galvanised in under a fortnight. And that paragraph is courtesy of Simon Johnson from The Athletic, whom I stole it from last night, because I do things like that. So there you go. Anyway, uh, the Chelsea Fancast, number 793, Sheffield Steel. Now, I was very tempted. Uh, and, and because, of course, half of the 50% of the guests on the Chelsea fan cast tonight, who I will introduce in a minute, are too young to get this gag. I'm hopeful that JK might, but I was going to call tonight's episode Making Plans for Tuchel.
1: Oh, it's that's very, very clever because it's um it's XTC, of course.
0: See, This is why I love old people. You know, <laughs> this is why I love you, JK, because you knew that. I mean, that was brilliant. You're a genius. I can, can I say, always, it, I can always change Jeff the Bill? title.
1: Did I say again, why you can, did you can change, we
0: change the title now? No, oh, you can have it in
1: brackets. Can I have it in brackets? I could do, like
0: maybe, maybe.
1: Can I just say, is it Sheffield Steel because we stole the game?
0: No, because it, it, we were steely, I felt, and it was in Sheffield, the home oh, of okay. British Steel. You know, I just wondered
1: if there was an equal, you know, another thing. I just admit.
0: ruined it totally. I mean, you were brilliant yeah, with making too I just to
1: say because we didn't steal it. I was no, no, say, no, 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 no.
0: Sheffield Steel, as in S T E E L. I've
1: yeah, got it. It's where they make, no, that's what they do no, up there. I know.
0: All right. Anyway, for those who have yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest, you will realise that Jonathan Kidd, as always, is my right-hand man. The uh, the Ernie Wise to my Eric Morecambe. The Hinge to my Bracket.
1: Very short, fat, hairy legs. The Absolutely Statler correct. to my Waldorf. Yeah, yeah,
0: At least yeah. he gets my, my, you know, esoteric gags. I love him for that. How are you
1: anyway? You all right? Yeah, a bit cold today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm well, good. Thank you. Good. Yeah, thank yeah, you very much. Good, good Thanks to see asking. you. Always a nice pleasure. To be on the show with with a couple of, um, well, of, that... of people people expressed themselves very well about the club. It's Let's lovely.
0: get right into that. We've got, of course, uh, I feels like I haven't seen him for ages. I mean, he'll correct me if I'm wrong, but it's the lovely Martin Wickham.
2: Even hey, Dan, I was going to make a joke about being blunt, but there's been enough <laughs>
3: knife jokes <laughs> for the evening,
2: <laughs> mate. There'll be loads more of those. The more the merrier. How are you? You well? Uh, I'm good, mate. Yeah, um, lovely. The right side of the snow today, so I can't complain.
0: Uh, we've had no snow in Winchester. I'm Absolutely right. pissed it down here. I'm really disappointed. I was hoping that we'd have some snow, but we haven't had any. Anyway, uh, now, as you know, we always t- try to have four on the Monday show, and we've got a debut. Well, yeah, a debut for the Monday show. Uh, we were delighted to have him on one of our Friday preview shows the other week, but uh, and we haven't scared him off, I'm delighted to say. I always kind of wander at you know the, the seven, uh, 7 o'clock... Is he going to turn up? Has, have we upset yeah, he, him?
1: He hasn't experienced the, the, the two and a half hours of tedium. No. Uh, well, yet. do you
0: know what? I was really kind, actually. After Sam last week from, uh, you know, Sam Inkersault from Football London, he did say at the end that he was starving because he hadn't had his dinner. So I actually WhatsApped this young man to say, make sure you eat before you come on because you might find that you faint after two and a half hours of us rambling <laughs> on. Anyway, I'm delighted to say we've got uh, Adam Newson back with us from Football. London. Hello, Adam. How are you?
4: Uh, I am good. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, yeah, no, there's been snow here, not too much. You're in, uh, you're in London too. Uh, outskirts of Watford. Mm. So, um, so yeah, no. As that's, I say. A, that's the
0: North, mate. I'm surprised you haven't got ten foot <laughs> drifts or something.
4: No, thankfully none of that. Uh, my two year old daughter enjoyed it, uh, but I don't. I don't like the snow at this point. I'm, I'm very it. much over it.
0: If, and all the time that I lived in London, uh, Londoners would always say, you know, North of Watford was basically Scotland. And and growing up in Hampshire, in, in Winchester, we always used to say north of Stockbridge was Scotland. And Stockbridge is about 10, 15 miles north of Winchester. So I think they're e- we're even more parochial down here than ever we <laughs> were in London. Uh, Adam, fantastic uh, to see you, of course. Thank you so much for putting my Jorginho uh, piece up yesterday. And thank God I put the, uh, the caveat in there with that paragraph. Otherwise, I would have yeah. been rinsed... Royally, after his performance yesterday. In fact, I I did actually invoke it to one of my Twitter responders uh, yesterday who was kind of clearly hadn't read it. So I put the entire paragraph What I said, I still have doubts about Jorginho. Yes, indeed. I'm sure there are, again, people yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest who have got doubts about Jorginho. And we will get on to that, no doubt, later in the show. Now, uh, on the show tonight, we, we applaud Timo Werner for his performance. And we discussed that it's only a matter of time before he starts banging in the goals again. I thought it was a lovely interview uh, by him, actually, uh, on the TV after the game. Anyway, we also discuss another peak mount performance and the two sides of Tony Rudiger. In part two, we discussed the two sides of Jorginho and Kovacic. What a two-sided show it is tonight. Or as I used to have this wonderful colleague that I work with. I mean, an absolutely beautiful girl. I was, I was madly in love with her. And she was far too sensible to have anything to do with me. And she was from, uh, from Tony Pandy in Wales. She was Welsh. And uh, she always used to say to me, Chidge, Chidge, you've got more faces than the Pandy clock. And apparently the Pandy clock has four faces, so Christ knows what that meant for me. I don't think it was good. Anyway, where was I? Yes, uh, two face, two sides of Jorginho and Kovacic, Chelsea's game management under Tuchel, and Chelsea's progress towards the top four. And in part three, we've got a bulging post bag again uh, tonight. And JK and myself will read out the emails sent in by our faithful listeners this week. And to wrap up in part four, we will preview Thursday night's FA Cup tie away. To Barnsley. I'm looking forward to that, I have to say. Now, as ever, don't forget you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7 o'clock p.m. by going to Mixler, which is M I X L R dot com forward slash Chelsea Hyphen Fancast, where of course you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page, as so many of you do. Got a few people, oh bloody hell, got loads of people in tonight, goodness gracious me. Uh, just rattling off a few. Eddie, uh, well, Mark, me, and the Eddie Max Blue and White Army. J.D.R. 1991, Albert II, Loz, Loz Barnes, got an email from Laws later, uh, Miguelito77, Andrew Self, English Dan, Daryl Middleditch, love Daryl, CSE Sport, who's I think in here every week, I love him for that, the lovely Claire McConnell, how lovely to see Claire in there, Planet Earth is Blue, chrism or chris m chrism chris m 23 yaroslav blue ozzy signed my broken left leg kurt oh my goodness! i can't read them all there's so many in there it was really lovely to see you in there now um don't forget you can always tweet us at chelsea fancast or me at stanford chidge follow us on twitter uh, we're also on there uh, on instagram and facebook so there you go now after this very short break we'll be talking about the football <laughs> We go a Sheffield United away. Um, I mean, I will talk about you know the game as a whole, I think, in, in part two. I really want to kick this off, uh, with, with Timo Werner. Um, who I uh, do you know, I can't even remember, I think it was Andy Hinchcliffe, who's a very peculiar bloke. Okay,
1: um, he he's a player though, he was yeah, yeah.
0: One. Well, he, I interviewed him, I interviewed him a few years back. He used to play for City, amongst other people. Uh, and we we interviewed Andy to talk about this amazing goal he scored against Man United. Playing, they beat beat United five one. Must have been about eighty nine ninety. We had Stone Roses as the as the soundtrack. Brilliant waterfall, I think I, I used. And he, and it was a brilliant move, right up one end of the pitch, to the other, and he bombed down the left wing and he volleyed it in from this brilliant. And we talked to him about that. and I, anyway, he's got this nose that is is like W. C. Fields, which was rather distracting for me when I was interviewing him and um and he spoke really really quickly really 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 quickly and we kind of took the piss out of it in in the edit because it was just too funny but i have to say i think he's a a, a decent you know co commentator actually he talks more sense than that idiot man, a man, a man, a man but anyway he he gave um he gave timo man of the match and i actually do you know what fair play i thought it was really interesting as i was saying i mean sure adam i mean it'd be interesting to, if you don't mind J.K., i'm going to ask adam first because Adam will probably know what was said in the presser afterwards, which is not on the TV. But I was impressed with Werner on the TV and the interview that he gave. He's clearly a likeable chap. I really hope his confidence is coming back. But it was really interesting what he said about uh, Tuchel playing him as a left 10, as he explained it. Um, So, like, well, it's what we've been kind of saying. It's like an inside forward, not a left winger. Um, And I'm kind of wondering, you know... I wonder if that is, in fact, the way to get the best out of, uh, of Werner. People have been kind of saying this for a while, that you know he's not a proper number nine and he's definitely not a left winger. But if you play him slightly inside, you might get the best out of him. What do you think, Adam?
4: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, going back to his time at Leipzig, he was never an out-and-out out number nine in that sense. Um, and I think that's probably where there was a bit of misconception when he rocked up at Chelsea that that's what he was going to do. Um, yeah, at Leipzig, he always played as part of a front two, usually, or uh, and always played in that sort of left channel where he is now. Um, so in that respect, yeah, I think this is probably going to be the best position for, for Werner going forward. Uh, I do think he'll probably be best off another, another forward as well, which is I was, I was quite keen to see how it went last night with Giroud, uh, next to him, but that, that, that didn't really work, um, to be. Honest. Well, should, should
0: I, <laughs> I'm going to read you this because, you know, I, I, I've taken... This is the beauty of sitting on one's fat ass watching the football rather than... um I mean, actually, it begs the question, isn't it? You know, all these all these kids that we used to deride for doing podcasts and YouTube channels. And, oh, you sit in your bloody bedroom. None of you go to the bloody games. What do you bloody know? Well, I'm beginning to realise that actually when I used to go to the game... I was so pissed before that I ba- barely remember what had actually happened anyway, and so pissed afterwards and getting pissed afterwards. I was never in touch with what was going on afterwards on social media or wherever. So maybe I'm a bit better informed than I used to be. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Anyway, I got this from Twitter. This is expected Chelsea, it's, and I think I, I, I follow him actually. And he comes up with some really, you know, some crackers occasionally, and I thought this was really pertinent about Oli Giroud. And I don't mean to offend J.K. here because I know I know he has a lot of man love for Oli
1: Giroud. He was poor poor yesterday. All right. okay.
0: So the offense is taken away immediately. Thank you, J.K. Very understanding. Anyway, he says Oliver Giroud, Olivier Giroud's link up play. uh, Link up play gets plenty of praise here. But the simple fact is his inability to move renders him almost Sorry, renders almost all of that useless. He congests space for our other attackers and that makes us easier to defend. Tammy, even if uglier to watch, that's very harsh on Tammy, uh, has the opposite effect. If the team is playing poorly and you need someone to bail you out, Giroud is your guy. If you want to consistently play well and create plenty of chances, you have to look elsewhere at this point. Playing Giroud over a better striker is stupid. Even if he goes on to scorner. well, I mean, it was a bit bit harsh in parts, but I kind of, I kind of get what he means. As, as J.K. was saying, I mean, he, mm. he he didn't really do anything, and
4: I do wonder yeah. if Thomas Tuchel expected uh, Sheffield United to sit a lot deeper than they did, and that's why he went with Giroud. Because yeah. if Chelsea were going to dominate the game and have loads of possession around the Sheffield United box. And yeah, that's a game for Giroud. That's where you're going to get the best out of him. But the fact that Sheffield United played with such a high line and they pressed Chelsea really hurt at the pitch and really well, actually, for most of the yeah, first half in particular, it basically meant that Giroud was the wrong guy for that sort of game. And it really did show in those 45 minutes. Because, yeah, hes I understand that, uh, that post and where it's coming from. And I do agree that Tammy offers probably a bit more in certain respects, and Olivier Giroud, but um
1: I don't think I would say playing him is stupid. No, it's, it, I felt that was harsh, I thought so too. I find you're agreeing with that actually uh, hurtful. No,
0: I said, I said at the time, I thought there were elements of that that were harsh. I yeah, agree, but,
1: but, I but agree with the gen- It was the wrong, wrong situation, because he thought <laughs> absolutely, as, as I presume the team thought the way they played, that uh, uh, it was going to be another... Question of uh, of a team parking the bus and them attempting to somehow get round them. I and mean, one of the advantages of having a team play press you like mad mad idiots for for uh, uh, beginning from the from the kickoff is it can only do it for about three quarters of an hour until they all get completely exhausted. And in the second half, they were they were much less um, uh, interested in in having three players on every Chelsea player, which was admirable at the beginning, but of course made us look exactly what we are whenever we play against physical teams who us, which is completely incapable of coherent thought. So consequently, <laughs> um, the the complete inability of the team to uh, to deal with it was exactly what happened under Lampard. So at least Tuchel found something out about the team, which is the second that you put any pressure on them, they all can't play anymore. Yeah, well, and I, I,
0: I want to well, talk about that when we get to the... the well, I was to go off on one.
1: Oli well, Giroud. Excuse me, this Timo bollocks. What are we all talking about here? Man of the match? You're all mad. Because no, I think he, he. You are all absolutely star. We wouldn't have won that match for, if it hadn't have been for Werner. he, he, it was because he actually managed to run with the ball on two occasions. when well, he he Great assist, ball, and he, he won us the, the penalty. He, yes, he wasn't even looking. He kicked he normally does it. He just kicked. You, the ball you're in the area. you're as bad as Graham. Bloody I'm not Sooners. as bad as anybody. Listen. I'm not as bad as anybody. I'm watching the game. And he is still awful. I will not have any of this. Oh, he's great. He's playing really well. He is not. He is unbelievably poor. And they've got to do something about it. They need a person who puts the ball in the net. Two shots at goal. For goodness sake, what is going on?
0: Finished? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm just looking. Yeah, we, we, had, was, we had we, we had three terrible. shots, three shots we, on
1: goal. Oh sorry, I apologise. Three, forgive me. We were terrible. It was a terrible, awful, useless display against the bottom sodding club, for God's sake. Everybody started passing. They can't pass when anybody puts pressure on them. Short passes, they come on and they all panic. It was, I kept sitting there thinking, God, what is Tuchel fit other than Mount, who is our saviour at the moment. Mount is phenomenal. Never stops. Brilliant. Oh, Rudiger. It became a kind of... It's like watching, you know, it's a, the old cliches, sli- sliding around like an idiot. All right, a couple of decent headers. The goal. What What on right. earth? I mean, much, oh. as I,
0: much as I really applaud the idea of going home in about 10 minutes because we've done the oh. entire oh. show...
1: Adam would... Adam I'd would rather talk about it, it later,
0: actually. Adam would appreciate it, Chidge. I love you having a rant, but... Uh... No, bro, no, but this Timo love for God's well, sake. Well, I disagree. Well, writer. all right, all right, all right. We know what you fucking think, oh, Martin. Oh, well, because I got sorry. the F word. Well, I can fucking meet oh, you. Oh, Chidge. Anyway, Martin, I disagree entirely, with that. I, I disagree entirely
2: with that. I disagree entirely with that. I think I think Jonathan's gone from being on the Talksport adverts to the Talksport fucking late night foaming him with somebody. I, think,
0: of he, that. I <laughs> think he slept with Adrian Durham or something. But I mean, in, in, in <laughs> yeah, Adrian, all seriousness, yeah, all Adrian seriousness, Durham or Andy Goldstein. I do think that actually, it did help. It did help Tuchel cool playing. Uh, Timo Werner almost forgot his name then in the I mean he's been trying I mean is the interesting thing he's been trying it he's kind of put him next to Mount, and uh they've they've had you know the the tree I think he's just trying to work out the best way to do it I think it was interesting that he played Giroud we were all talking like the other week about whether he might do that or not and I do think that if 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 Werner is going to have a role and I think Adam absolutely spot on about his Leipzig days, it, it's not going to be as the number nine. He's going to have to play somewhere in that kind of triangle of forwards that Tuchel's trying to experiment with. And I do think he plays better there. And I do think he validly got two assists. The penalty was assist and assist. That brilliant cutback to Mason Mount, I don't believe that was an accident.
2: That's the, That was the crap that mm. soonest came out of last night. Yes, the ball was played back into space, but it relies on someone... Running in to take to take the ball from there, so there's it looked like something that had been worked on. So I don't, I, I don't think it was a blind pass at all. Um, he, yeah, I mean in Leipzig, I think Zip Paulson was always the number nine, and he played off of him. So maybe he's still trying to work out who he wants to play as the number nine, or I don't know. I think um, the game, the previous games he's, man- he's managed thus far, every team was part of the bus. So he maybe expected the bottom team to do it. They didn't, and they had to solve a different different problem. Um, I think he, I've been saying it for the last week or so in you know the WhatsApp chats and all that, there are a lot of clean slates at the moment, so people are getting a chance to show what they can do. I think, ironically, I now think Giroud may have been better for the Tottenham game, but I don't think he was expecting them to sit back as much.
4: Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I I well, yeah, I think I think he might have not read the runes. I think Wilder 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 I'm going all German on him. Wilder had a a really good game plan. I think he's a good manager actually. But as I said, I think he's kind of trying to work out what the best formation is. It is still relatively early days, but I mean, it's some really bizarre statistics here, Adam. That um that Werner's got the most Premier League assists for Chelsea this season, 5. He's now won seven penalties for Chelsea this season. That's more than any other player has won in a single season for Chelsea, which is quite bizarre. Now, I've got a question for you, Adam, because as a journalist, I expect you to know the answer to this. I'm just a stupid person, so I wouldn't know. But what I did notice is that um, for some bizarre reason, and I have no idea why, Werner was standing next to either Chilwell or Mount whenever they took a corner. What on earth was that about? Did you notice that?
4: Uh, I did. And I'm guessing that was because they'd worked on something uh, in the week or in the build up to the game, or actually, they didn't have a week, did they? they had two days um, to prepare it and decided either not to go with it or it didn't pay off or whatever. But yeah, no, I thought it was a bit strange. They did
1: it once. They did it once, if you remember. And Sheffield got the ball and went up the other end of the
4: shot. That's true.
0: But they did it a lot. I mean, I, I, because that's what I couldn't fathom out. Why on earth was he doing that?
4: It seemed odd. Chelsea, they've they've done a few shoot a few short corners a few times now I did Thomas Tuckle and some of them have worked quite well, and a couple of them really haven't. Um, but yeah, I imagine that's why they did that. Um, I am going to defend Werner a little bit. Sorry, JK. It's all right. Um, he can't
0: he can't touch you. It's virtual, thankfully. He he I, can't even hit you with his guitar. He might sing at you though. I don't know. It could be worse, really. But
1: uh... Adam, I I would love to agree with you, whatever you're going to say. But he, he's supposed to score goals. You know, he
4: is yes I, I, and I I he isn't doing that you know. and, yeah but there's no yeah it's 1 in 18 and that isn't a great headline for him we're in, um, we're, in
1: Rob, we're in robert fleck territory we're in <laughs> uh, we're in um we're in Chris Sutton territory here. Jesus uh, Christ, give him some credit. Fuck. No, me. No, no, I won't. I won't. No, it, it, I it, f- it, fucking hell, Chris. Moment, Chris Mark.
2: Sutton turned up hungover at training sessions. Are you telling me he's <laughs> doing as bad as him? I'm not having that, sorry. I think I tell you what he
0: is he, in. I don't know what's happening. I I think he's in Torres territory at the moment.
1: All right. Well, I think it, if it I carries think... on further, then we'll be able to allow. You know, it'll be Alan Mays, so, and then we ha,
2: we haven't sense. got to Murata yet, so it's not that bad. No, no, yeah, it's true. well look, sorry,
1: Adam. I will. I will
0: let you come That's come, come right. back in a minute. But I. I mean, the, the the weird thing about. I mean, you know, these comparisons. Yeah, fine, whatever. But the reality is, is that Werner, unlike uh, Chris Sutton, Robert Fleck, and Torres particularly, did score you know, eight goals in 12 games at the start of the season. So, we, you know, Torres, I remember, I mean, Christ on a bike, how Torres got as much love from us as he did. And he did. We were all there. Everybody loved him. They were willing him to score. And he couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo, everywhere apart from the east middle, obviously, JK. But, you. you know, when when he scored that goal against West Ham in the rain, only because the ball stuck in the bloody puddle... <laughs> The whole place erupted. I, I, there were people selling shirts saying I was there when Torres scored. So you know, it's very different. I think for Werner, at least he he's found the the onion bag a few times. Anyway, Adam, sorry, go on and please please no, no, answer the fine.
4: question. And I'm not going to start this fire, but I would probably defend Torres a little bit as well. Uh, but that's for another day. Uh, what I would say about Werner is, that, yeah, I think his there's no doubt his confidence is. Uh, not where it needs to be really to be scoring regularly. I don't think, like we've said, I don't think Thomas Tuchel has found just yet exactly how to bring the best out of him. But I do think he's, you know, as as we've said, you know, he did create the goal, the first goal, and he did win the penalty. And if he's not going to be scoring goals, which is not ideal, at least he's influencing games in other ways. And there are other players in his Chelsea team who can do that. But uh, I wouldn't. that's why I wouldn't be too harsh on him because at least he's having an impact because I think we've all seen the strikers and I know Morata was just mentioned obviously Morata's confidence absolutely deserted him entirely and he just wasn't doing anything and he when flounced he was off uh, whereas at least Werner's having impacts on games he's having moments in games um, which you know when you spend 50 million quid on a striker you want more than just moments but at least he's doing something to impact games at the moment and hopefully I think and I think it's Tuchel said yesterday you know if he keeps doing the the good thing, the goals will come eventually. So, Do you think they will, Adam? It. Do you think they will? Yeah, I think they will eventually. His record's too good and he's young enough that he's not like Torres. I don't think he's on the on the, on the the start of a decline or anything like that. I do think it's just, he's in a new country, he's in a new league. Chelsea, I, I would maintain to have the lunar face. I don't think Chelsea expected to sign Timo Werner in the summer. That they did was circumstance, allowed them to. And that he, they've basically gone right. Try and work it out, mate. Uh, yeah. First to Frank, uh, and he couldn't. He didn't really do it. And now they're going to Thomas Tucker Right, we've got this guy. We need you to find a way to get him scoring. And well, I think Tucker will eventually.
0: Yeah, I think the way to get him scoring is to. Well, number one is to is to. As I said, I think playing in this kind of triangle, you know, Mount uh, Verner and a striker. I think if they play Tammy there that's the way to do it because i think i think we 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 had a show called TNT in their honor because i think they play really well <laughs> together but the other thing that has to happen martin something that's really beginning to grind my gears is this irritating habit that they have of you know part it, it, it's always one too many passes or a pass at the last minute you know when when they could shoot you know there's only one person in the team that shooting should be banned four and that is Kovacic because he genuinely couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo. But I mean everybody else, fucking shoot. Have a go. I mean God, you know, they all the time it's that fun you know, they get into a good position and they pass it side. Ugh. If they keep doing that, nobody's gonna bloody score Martin.
2: Yeah, they're starting to be a little bit more direct now I've noticed, which is good. I completely agree with you. Kovacic should be barred from shooting. <laughs> Never Fuck let me. him shoot ever again, please! No, but he, he scored two goals last season and both times, I like, oh, for fuck's sake, don't shoot when he's crashed it in the top corner. Thought, fucking full moon out that night or something and it went in. But ordinarily, you know, if you're in row Z, duck. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, he's. he's I've noticed in a little bit more play. We seem to do a little less sideways passing down the midfield as well. One thing I will give Coltich credit for is that he's starting to be a bit more um, directing going forward rather than you know waiting for someone to pass to he's just trying to going to try and you know beat a man himself and get forward um I think it will come I think they're still trying to work out the yeah. best solution yeah. for each game um we've noticed subtle differences in each game I think he changed the formation slightly um for Sheffield United and I think moving to a back 3 is key as well because even though we haven't been blitzing teams, we've been winning by the odd goal and looking a lot more solid defensively, which I which Rudiger's brain fart apart, I did not expect in the slightest because we were so yeah. weak in that sense in the past.
0: They're so much better organised, that's true. Now um one person who should who should always shoot, I think, on site, actually, is is JK's favourite Chelsea player at the moment, which is the I mean Team no, not not <laughs> definitely not Timo Werner, and very possibly not Antonio Rudiger, uh, but very definitely Mason Mount, and 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 I. This is something that, that that I mean, you know, JK and I both love him hugely. I mean, JK, it was a superb goal, Lampard esque, wasn't it? I mean, running into that space, creeping in and putting away a beautiful shot.
1: I think they pointed it out on uh, on Sky that he'd been in the same position before, running into that position, and he hit the. Uh there was a, a very good block on him. but Yeah, they did, did. They
2: did point. I think it was Matt of the day pointed out as well. The day, was it right? Yeah. yeah. So it literally made an identical run. Yeah. And he just, I think genius he pointed out. So a what? stopped clock. T- Jesus, the look on his <laughs> <Jesus'> face. <laughs> a stopped clock tells the right time twice a day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, JK, go on. No, it's,
1: it's cool. I, I, but I, know I, I, I think it's, it's like a journey of adventure for Tuchel for me. And, um, uh, you know, it's so a question of being able to pencil in um, who are certain selections, you know, and I think that uh, um, he's experimenting with several of the others or uh, I, I'd be intrigued because I actually think he got the selection. I think he would, i do not not convinced he would have actually played um, the three at the back uh, if he'd known that they were going to be just pressing non-stop. I think he would have tried to, to choose a different side um, or just a different series of tactics. But uh, um It's pretty obvious that, obviously, Mount selects himself because he's just uh, streets ahead of everybody else. It's just a question then of finding out who, what other permutations. I think Kovacic, as we've been saying, has really come on leaps and bounds playing in this role. It's his ability, as you were saying, Martin, to to actually bring the ball out of defence by doggedly beating two or three players. And he then finds himself in a really good um, uh, empty space in midfield. Which well, finding One, the,
2: options on the right or left as well. So yeah, he, he knows that someone's going to come up the right-hand side. My
1: my, my, my my, despair about which we were talking about is that they seem to be obsessed with getting the ball to um, somebody on the wing, even if they're in a better position themselves to have a go. They, they'll... I mean, Mount himself did it a couple of times. He wanders into the box and he's looking whether this is default, whether this seemed to be a Frank problem as well, he, whether they, he, they immediately look for... Reece James coming um, on the overlap and uh, and play it there even though actually probably just a shot at goal would have unsighted the goalkeeper or at least would have goalkeeper would have had to of of if if it hit somebody it's going to be difficult for him or if he's not going to see it properly he's going to palm it out into the into the path of someone else and it are still suffering from that that almost that whether I I don't even think that's frank I think that's sarri I think that's something ingrained in their DNA which is somehow you just get the ball out to the winger as much as possible. But I think that the major problem we've got is it's Kovacic can't shoot. I mean, Jorginho can't shoot. You've got the other midfielder can't shoot at all. He got, well, he can, but he, he well, whenever he does, you, you similarly, you'd think, oh my God, this is going to go 25 yards over the bar. Who, who um, do you
0: think the shooters
1: are? Well, I don't I, I, that's my complete fear. Who what on earth? Well, I think he,
0: you know Mount Mount can, although he's, there, his there radar's are. been off. He was
1: off. His radar was off the other day. Werner can. werner has oh, got yeah. a shot on him.
0: Yeah. And in fact, James Berner, has you know, got James has got was, a shot on him. But there aren't there many. Are, oh Hudson
1: Adoy, he can no, shoot. No, but didn't play for the first. No, half. but there aren't many, are there? That's the there point. Aren't, there aren't. Oh, there aren't. And it's and it's and and you know I'm I, I'm 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 slightly unfair on Werner. I do agree completely. He does he does contribute. Uh, in a way that none of these other players I mentioned did. I just I'm despairing the fact he hasn't scored, but he has had a couple of really good blocks on him, really yeah. terrific blocks on him, and I think that's something that must differentiate the Bundesliga to the Premier League is that mm. they, some of the defenders are absolutely spot on with the blocks, you know. Um, so, uh, but no, I but well, this is I think this is a huge dilemma that took will be looking at is that that people just cannot shoot. Yeah.
3: If you look days, at the right. other
1: sides, you know, City have got Foden, fantastic shooting. Brilliant display by Foden at the weekend. Um, What's his face? The, uh, um, Gundogan. Yeah, brilliant. Completely They're curling in from everywhere. Yeah. Oh, no. You know, so you're going to get a fantastic goal. The, only, the other player we've got who shoots brilliantly is Alonso. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, for this sake. You know, and he only so maybe
0: hard. maybe it's not quite as bad as we'd like to think, but clearly their radar's out of the, at the moment. Adam, here's a question for you, yeah. really about Mount. I mean, you know, basically he's now played three games in. I mean, I don't really know what what role you would call it, but it, it's it's in it's as one of the two behind the striker. Um, and my question to you, as a man who's a bit more in the know than we are, is: Do you think he's locked his place down there? Because I was worried a few a few shows ago about. The potential competition that you've got Havertz as a potential player in that position, you've got Ziyesch a potential player in that position. Now clearly right now they are and Pudisic, of course, you could argue too, and even Hudson O'Doy in some respects. So there's a, a lot of competition for those places. And if Werner's gonna nail down one of them because Tuchel needs to get him scoring, um I, I can't see how you can leave Mount out. He's he's our best player by a country mile. And, I mean, here's another thing. I didn't say this earlier on when we were talking about Mount. It's not just what he does up front. Jorginho lost the ball, got not caught high up the pitch in possession. Mount ran yeah. 60 yards back and tackled yeah. the bloke. Yeah. So he's doing that as well. I mean, he's got to have had that place locked down. But, of course, that now creates a problem for Havertz and Ziyech and anybody else, does it not?
4: It does. And uh, I, I say I love Mason. I think he's brilliant. I think he does so many things so well. Uh yeah I was on the show uh the last time there we talked go. about it and yeah. I told you that I told you it'd be all right I told he, you it'd be all right
0: You have little um, faith obviously <laughs> <laughs>
4: I think I don't think he's a lock in the sense of he'll play every week because I just don't think that's what Tuchel is going to do no matter what Um I think he'll probably be in favor going forward when when you, if you wanted to put out a strongest Chelsea side I think Mount's in there somewhere His versatility is such a huge benefit to him yeah and I think you know you, you touched upon it there Against Burnley, he played on the right of that three. Against uh, against Tottenham, he was basically playing as a false nine with Hudson-Odoi and Werner splitting out to the sides. And against uh, Sheffield United last night, he was playing more as a 10 behind uh, Giroud and, and sort of Werner was on that left flank. So I mean, actually, I actually,
0: think... Adam, that's a good point. They were actually playing 3-4-1-2 mm. against Sheffield United, not 3-4-2-1 like they have been. And Mount was, as yeah. you said, he was behind the two. So I should correct myself there, really.
4: This just just touches them doesn't it Mason Mount is brilliant because he can be brilliant so many positions in this team or he can play he he hasn't been used in one of the deeper midfield roles but we know he could probably do that very effectively as well so I don't think he's a lock in the sense of yeah he's guaranteed to start every week but I do think if Thomas Sickle at this point obviously we're four games in but at this point if he was told you've know you got to pick your strongest side for this one I do think Mason would be in there just because he does bring so much to this team and does so much that not not everyone can or does.
0: I do hope so. He's a fantastic player. Um, now, uh, I'm not a massive fan of Antonio Rudiger, but I have to say one of the things I really like about Tommy Tuchel is that, as we were saying, I think, last week, that he, he's looked at the players that he's got. And I think this is what really good managers do, actually. they They look at what they've got, and then they play those players in their best positions in order to get the best out of them. Um, Rudiger's looked awful in a back four for us on many, many, many occasions. As has Christensen for that matter. Um, but actually, I think he, I think he can make a good fist of, of being uh, the left centre back, and I think he has been. Funnily enough, I think, and I, I, I don't think I've mentioned him anywhere else really, but I think Christensen against my yeah, better judgment, yeah. is also looking very good as a central, as the centre of the three uh, centre backs. So fair play to Tuchel and fair play to them. But I have to say, and Right, before I do this, strap in, everybody. Get your seatbelts on. Have you read the uh, the in-flight manual about what to do in case of emergency? Because I'm going to ask JK this question first. Well, he might have got it out of his system. I have to say, JK, can you please explain to me that Keystone Cop's awful, awful, awful own goal? That's the worst own goal I've seen since Spurs put one past their keeper when we played them at the bridge. Remember that?
1: It's trippier, wasn't it?
0: Trippier, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes, yes, it was very similar. Um, I don't know. I don't know how you. What, how do you, you describe it? Just complete incompetence. What do you do? Do you? Do you? I mean, I don't think he can have been looking at Mendy, because if he'd looked at Mendy, he'd have seen he, he was coming out for the ball, and he just thought he was going to be staying on his line. But when does a goalkeeper normally stay on his line like that? He doesn't. So. He just if counted. he'd have done nothing, Mendy could have booted that into Kingdom Come. Well, even he could have then booted it off for a corner or a goal kick. There were lots of things that went on. Um, um it, it, it it just it it it's it's the, the difference is is that we're talking about an an elite squad, which we're attempting to get. If you've got players in your team who are gonna do that kind of thing, um I mean, having said that though, um um, Silver missed the ball, didn't he, against West Brom? Second game, in, he missed it completely. Mm. So you've got to forgive mistakes, I suppose. And Allison, they're all human. Dreadful, they're all human, but at the same time, um, I'd rather they didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, I I think we can
0: all agree with you
2: on that watch.
0: Yeah, okay. Please
2: please don't do it again, folks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> St- Steve Steve Moa, who we love to pieces. Hello Steve, hope you're well mate. Um I think he sums it up perfectly. He says it was a brain fart and I have to say I am I am a man prone to many. I I have a very flatulent brain, that's all I can say. Martin, <laughs> I think in the in in, in in you know to be fair uh, and, I mean, actually, Tuchel did say afterwards that it was a communication straight concentration issue, and it does happen. But I have to say, Rudiger did react very, very well to that. He, I thought, actually, second half, when we were under the cosh a bit, he played really, really well, put some great blocks and some great defending. And a lesser, less experienced player might have completely gone to pieces after a howler like that, but he didn't, did he?
2: Yeah, um, he did play like he knew he had massively cocked up and had to make up for it. So um, you can't fault him for that. I just... The one thing I would say from that error was if if he thought someone was behind him and he didn't think Mendy was going to get there, just lump it out of play. It was, oh, I know. It was inexplicable. And I mean, if he that, had that sequence of playing 99 times out of 100, he'd have just cleared it. And this was just, for whatever reason, he decided, well, I'm just going to play it back, didn't see Mendy. Pretty good finish, actually, I've got to say.
0: <laughs> maybe if, you know, maybe, I hope Werner yeah. Yeah, was
2: watching. Yeah, but... yeah. Give, give, give a few lessons to Werner. Although Trippier Trippi one a couple of years ago was from further? Well, out. it was, wasn't it? And, I mean, and from far, and far, far. I still fun. say, I, you
0: know, I mean, it's a shame we don't do our, uh, uh, what did we call, used to call them? What was it? I can't even remember now.
2: <laughs> Brain fart. <laughs> oh,
0: I know. There you go. What well, we we used to have? Is Man it, of the match,
2: chant of the match. Oh, was it Guinness and celery? Celery. And you know. see, that
0: would have been a celery moment, wouldn't it? You know, that 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 trippier goal's got to be one of the all-time. We didn't. We weren't doing it in those days, but it would have been one of the all-time celery moments for pure comedic value. Uh, well, I hope we've been comedic uh, this uh, part. We're going to move to part two now. But before we do that, uh, a quick shout out to the wonderful CFC UK fanzine. Uh, which I'm afraid you cannot get on a match day. No, because we're not there. But don't worry, you can still get it uh, digitally. And I, I really urge you to do so. Um, you know, DJ's been hit hard by this, you know, because it's harder to sell it when it's when it's online and stuff. So, you know, you still can get a hard copy. You just have to email him at cfcuk at gate17.co.uk uh, and you, you get a, a nice shiny, glossy copy for a couple of quid, which includes first-class postal delivery. Uh, you can also get it on something called the Match Matchday dig- Digital app, and you can get it digitally as well uh, at cfcuk dot net. Now, Adam, do you read CFC UK?
4: Uh, I have done when I was going to games regularly. Yeah, obviously yeah. I haven't at the moment because we're not going. No, well, but well, get then, it online. Not, get more it online. Actually, yes. Email
0: but... DJ and get your own personal copy. What, what do you think of it? It's quite interesting to ask somebody who is a journalist, but you know, also a supporter.
4: I think, or you know, anything like this is really important because, you know, we, us journalists, we have our own uh, pressures on us to to do, report certain things in the sense of not an agenda, not saying that, but you know, there are stories that we have to cover. Whereas the fan side of it is probably a bit more uh, flexible in terms of what the sort of talking points are at certain times. Um, and yeah, I think sort of any sort of fan opinions are worthwhile listening to so mm. yeah no it's it's well worth reading and so i haven't i haven't managed to get it because obviously they haven't been there but uh but yes i should i email, should get on the, uh, the digital version I, I,
0: I will i will yes i will get on the case and get dj to send you a copy you'll be in good company henry winter gets it john cross oh, okay. uh tony banks a lot of the journals get get copies sent you'll be surprised who gets copies sent to them all the players get them so dj often tells us not to be read about the players uh, it's true it's a true story mm. um but there's some great writers in there i, I exclude myself uh, for modesty obviously but i mean walter otten mark Worrell, tim rolls kelvin barker a lot of uh, dean clayton they've all written some really good chelsea books so the quality of the writing in there is, is you know for a fanzine is superb anyway i'm going to stop blowing my own and everybody else's trumpet on cfc uk we're going to go to a break and then we're going to come back and I'm going to let let JK at you all again. Because we're going to start with Jorginho.
3: Yes.
2: Real fans, real opinions.
1: I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to
4: Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters
1: and proper Chelsea.
0: Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stamford Chidge. Him down, him down there is Mr. Jonathan Kidd. He's got a beanie hat on. He's looking really cold, mate. Are you all right?
1: I'm freezing. I don't know why. I've got the heating on and God, everything. Are you all right? Cold of, in spirit, Chidge. That's what it is. Yeah. It's good to see
0: you, though. We'll hopefully warm you up tonight, JK. Thank
1: you very much. Do you like my soul patch? Is that what it is? Yeah, look, It's
0: good, it's actually. Great. That suits Thank you, I, man. Suits you. I agree that. I'm, Can't you I'm, grow I'm, a full one or something?
1: I don't, I don't want to. No, like I don't I'm, want I'm to. Just, I'm just after growing that. Thank you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, enough about facial hair. Uh, yeah. Martin Martin Wickham sports no facial hair. He
2: looks... Uh, it takes me about three weeks to grow anything halfway yeah. decent, so I don't bother. Well, there you go. <laughs>
0: but it's always nice to see you, Martin. Always nice Thank to you. see you. Thank you. Cheers. It would be much nicer to see you in our natural habitat, which is... In the pub before and after the game, I have to say, my I am really beginning to miss that. It's beginning to wear a bit thin for me.
2: I'm yeah, it's getting on, it's getting on a year now, isn't it? Oh, so, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. we're getting there slowly. I think we're we'll back hopefully next season, but it is still a bit of a pain well, in the. I,
0: hope I see you for a beer, a beer before that, but anyway, good to see you in here, nevertheless. And last but by no means least, uh, we've got uh, the wonderful Adam Newson, who of course is the Chelsea correspondent for Football. London. A fine uh, source of uh, Chelsea oriented well, obviously every London club, but Chelsea writing in particular. But of course Adam is also a Chelsea supporter, so you might you might like, you know, be a bit kind of well, he's a journalist, you know, don't like journalists. Well Adam supports Chelsea and goes used to go to the games before he was a journalist, so I'll have none of that talk here. Adam, how are you, mate? Good, Good to here. see you.
4: Yes, no, good. I did indeed. I think my first game was when Gianfranco Zola scored his uh, only hat trick for Chelsea. It was whoa, my first ever game. Wow,
0: that's amazing. So, um,
4: yeah, no, he uh, he did a lot to convert me really at that yeah, point because yeah. I was very much I think I maybe six or seven. Wow. Who are, you, um, who are you thinking of supporting at the time, Adam? Tell us. Um, I genuinely so how I became a Chelsea supporter is slightly strange is that all the kids in my primary school supported Manchester United and Liverpool mm.
3: because,
4: they, because they were obviously the sort of dominant teams at the time and I this is like six-year-old me was like I don't really want to support the best team because that's kind of boring uh so I think I remember looking at a league table and Chelsea was sort of sixth or seventh at the time and I was like yeah yeah they're, they're not they're not terrible they're not the best so I'll just go with them um, and little did I know that in the next sort of 25 years, uh, Chelsea will become one of the most dominant teams in the country. So uh, there we go.
0: Timing is everything, Adam.
4: Indeed, yeah. yeah, yeah. The first season I think it was the first season ended with the FA Cup win. Uh, Robbie Di Matteo's goals—one of my oh, wow. earliest memories. That.
0: what a superb season to start. With. One of my prized possessions is a signed Janko uh, Gianfranco Zola shirt. Which is I, yeah. the only one I've actually had professionally framed, and I—it's like, it's so bloody heavy. I've got—I've got one spot up on my wall to put it in, and, I, and, it, it's, and it's kind of above the stairs. So I've got to figure out how to get a ladder. <laughs> which is why it hasn't I've, gone I'm up. I'm the
1: same. I've got a framed Zola. Have um, you? Yeah, and it's at the moment just amongst all the other Chelsea pictures, just lying against the wall. I've got. No I will. Uh,
4: I will say, in my previous uh, job, I covered Watford for a couple of years, and I was around when Gianfranco was around at Watford. Oh right, yeah. Uh, and I got to speak to him quite regularly. Um, and as in my Twitter bar, it says uh, he opened, he owns or part owns an ice cream shop in Balham, I think it is. How uh, Italian? And I, and I went down there to interview him. Uh, about his time at Watford, and it was just me and him at one point sitting there on a stool, both eating an ice cream, talking about just talking football and stuff. And it was is generally one of my favourite memories, uh, especially from
0: Brilliant. my
3: Brilliant. career. I, I,
0: I never, I never met. Uh, I mean, actually, I regret that I, I've never met Gianfranco, and I've never met Viali. I, I, I would, I would do anything to sit down and have a chat with uh, with uh, Gianluca. Because I just loved him. Anyway, we could talk about this. Actually, this has been much more interesting than talking about the Sheffield United game, <laughs> to be honest. But uh, duty, duty calls. I'm afraid. But Adam, no, that's really interesting. Actually, I didn't know that, so that's good. Good to hear that. But uh, yeah, fine, fine work you're doing on the old Football London. Now, um, ha, it's quite quite serendipitous, really, because of course I I bunged Adam my latest piece for Football London, which was a bit of a reappraisal about Jorginho and the fact that uh, you know. Luck has more to do with stuff than ability, I think. You know, because... And I, I think the, the the key point of the article that I made... I don't know if this came out. Maybe Adam can tell me. But it's a bit like a sliding doors moment. If Billy Gilmore doesn't get injured against Crystal Palace, then Jorginho doesn't come on, doesn't lock down the game, because actually he did a really good... Well, I remember after the, after that game, we talked about it on the show, saying, actually, do you know what? He did what it was needed. Because we were all over the place we were 3-1 up. Palace got a goal. It was you know, they looked like they they could claw a draw out of that or even worse. He came down and he calmed it all down just by keeping possession because he did what he's really really good at. Gilmore gets injured. Instead of being longed off in the summer, Jorginho stays. And here we are. He still he survived Frank. Uh he didn't go. He didn't go uh after, you know, when Sarri left and then see the other thing, of course, Sarri gets gets the tin tack from uh from Juventus, so he didn't have a job, so nobody would, you know. I think this is this guy's a lucky guy, you know. But when I we called it quite Lazarus like, didn't we? That he keeps kind of bouncing back. And I mean, you know, to be fair to him, he looked pretty decent, uh, in the Wolves match and the Burnley match, and and indeed the Spurs match, actually. But of course, that's what he does, he does well when a team doesn't press you. And that was also a point I made in the article that I did wonder whether. Uh, as soon as we play anybody who pinpoints him, as teams have done in the past, who gives him no time and no space, or who just quickly tries to bypass him because he has no pace, then we're going to be in trouble. And, you know, I, I send the boys my notes, the notes that I write during the game, because, of course, as we know, I'm now sitting on my fat ass rather than gate 17. And these these were the almost amongst the first three or four things I wrote down. Jorginho fails to tackle from the corner... Break uh, Sheffield United break out and mount great recovery tackle having run six. Yeah, I, we mentioned that. Another poor tackle from Jorginho in midfield leads to Christensen giving away a free kick. Jorginho caught
1: in possession again. Chidge. Yes. Uh, my notes are Jorginho, for fuck's sake,
2: Arse. <laughs> I, I, I thought I thought that was the original the original version and Chidge just edited them slightly edited himself. Because I remember look those exact same three points. I remember yes, shouting sure. well. Trying yes. not to shout for fuck's sake a lot, but yes. especially on the poor tackle where he's just not even made an attempt getting caught in possession, it is just he really is a horses for courses player. It well, is...
0: somebody I think it was somebody on Twitter, which I don't, you know, I do try and ignore a lot, but it was a really good way of putting it. Actually, they called him a system player, Adam, and in a sense, I think that's that's a pretty accurate description. If you play mm. him in the right system, um. And as Martin was saying, horses for courses, as has been proved in the last few games, i.e., teams that will sit back and give you possession, because this is the great fallacy about possession based stats. You know, if a, if a team chooses to hand you possession and sit deep so they can hit you on the break, I'm afraid 673 passes in a game, usually sideways or backwards, is not really that important. Anyway, I'm going off on a JKS rant here. But the, <laughs> the point is, is that, you know, you were saying this earlier as well, actually, Adam, weren't you? And I, and I made a note of this too. I thought Wilder did a good job because they they denied us space. They got in our faces. They gave us no time on the ball. Um, and, and, that, and that, you know, that really doesn't suit Jorginho at all, hmm. does it?
4: No, it doesn't. And yeah, I think that's why Chelsea was so poor in that first half, particularly because, you know, Sheffield United pushed, their their forward players so high that it ended up being the back three Kovacic, Jorginho and about six Sheffield United players and they sort of basically said to Chelsea we'll try and play out here you've got the wing backs if you want to try and get the ball to them fine but you're not going to play through the middle and yeah Chelsea didn't have an answer to it for a lot of that first half and I did you yeah Jorginho Um, (laughs) yeah like he is a system player in games where chelsea dominate the ball in games that chelsea have complete control of the game Jorginho can bring a lot to it and just in terms of keeping the ball and ke- in terms of helping chelsea recycle it he does a lot of good in those games but in games like last night he does look like a weak link he doesn't have the physicality to be able to a stop attacks as you mentioned you know he he is pretty bad trying to win the ball back uh, against someone else um and he doesn't have the physicality in the sense of, you know, when Chelsea are trying to create passing angles, you need someone who's going to be able to be, physicality is the wrong word, mobile. He's not, he's not got the mobility to get across the pitch, to open up passing angles for Chelsea's defenders. Sometimes he sort of just stays put. And then that creates problem because the opposition usually have closed off the Avenue to him. And and then there's no route for, for that ball. So yeah, that's why, you know, Billy Gilmore, I don't want this to become constantly Billy Gilmore and Jorginho in, in a, battle to the death which one should start um but I do think Billy Gilmore has the mobility that Jorginho doesn't have but the same football brain um and I guess the only thing that's holding him back at this point is he's young and maybe doesn't have the experience or ca- or sort of you know back catalogue well, t- that Jorginho Tuchel, t- does.
0: Tuchel's worried about you know he said he doesn't think he's big enough
4: has yeah, he never meant-
0: has he never been to Glasgow Tuchel? <laughs> I mean in Glasgow oh, mate there's loads and loads of very short people who stick the nut on you as soon as look at you try and tell them they're not big enough
4: I think yeah am I right
0: that... am I right
4: I mean I've been to Glasgow once I think so I'm not going to be the judge on, on on the Scottish
1: I love
0: Glasgow it's a great place
1: Can we great can place. we work out what benefits jorginho has got because we've just we've just given a list of 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 ineptitude. can we think... find out what Because I I personally, I think he, in a system when there is nobody attacking, we've discussed it. He is like a... a, um, uh, He's the ball player. He's the the provider. He can play very good passes indeed. But he needs space and time. Mm -hmm. And for me at the moment, I hope what's happening is that Tuchel is looking at that and going, ah, I hadn't realised that he was so inept in this environment. Because uh, otherwise if we see him reappear and, he, and exactly the same thing happens um that's that's a weak completely weak link so uh it's almost to me as if he's 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 got into the team um as we've said because of a certain a, a certain series of tactics but against other sides the better sides he will be found out as he has been every time he's played for us but you this know, this in isn't in a, as part.
0: you so as you so emphatically put it jk earlier on this was not against one of the in quotation marks, better side.
1: Indeed, indeed. In fact, let's, as I said, the bottom team. Indeed. So, so despite the bottom team um, pressing us, surely we are elite and good enough to be able to deal with it. The fact that we couldn't deal with it and the fact that Tuchel is watching them not deal with it, you hope the next time in a situation he will have a different side or he'll have different tactics to deal with it because that side could not deal with that that form of pressing.
0: I, 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 mean, you know, it's very easy to stick the finger at, uh, uh, point the finger at Jorginho. and I, I think it's
1: just one of them. No, I'm, I'm no, not. I'm well, no, 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 I'm not
0: criticizing you. I'm kind of criticizing myself for really doing that. I mean, I, I do think he, he had a poor game, and I, I, I do think again, you know, given those circumstances, he was found out. But I actually, I think we're doing actually what we're really doing is doing, uh, Chris. Wilder, I'm def- desperately want to call him Billy Wilder, J.K. Anyway, Chris Wilder,
1: because you're such a theatrical. I'm, I'm such a lovey at heart, really. Yes,
0: you know, at
3: heart,
0: yes. But anyway, it's why you forgive me for being so horrible to you half the time because I, I, I give you a quick kind of sweetener with a, a Billy Wilder reference. Anyway, stop it. The point is, is that Chris Wilder. I think we should we shouldn't be doing him a disservice because. It wasn't just Jorginho that he pinpointed. I thought they were really good at stopping the ball, getting to the wing-backs, wing backs, as well as pressing Jorginho and Kovacic. And, and, and they pressed really high and energetically. And they also defended the flanks too. So any, every time one of the wingbacks did have a chance to break, they def, they defended really, really well. Wilder is a good manager.
1: Can I just ask you, what is the tactic required to stop this then? That others Go over the top. Other, indeed. Did we do that? Did we have any once or thinking? twice, but not enough? Well, yeah, but not enough. Or, so therefore what is going on in the Well, there's no team? point
0: going over the top and getting a giraffe, you know, that's like seven hundred and thirty two to run after it as in Giroud. Yeah, but it but it's perfect, perfect for Werner.
1: It takes the pressure off them.
0: Well not if in, not if so it's an aimless it, ball it, that's not you know, one in that, the air and comes back to no,
1: no, you. no, to some extent I wouldn't yeah, but it still stops the ridiculousness of even doing that thing of attempting to play out. What the fuck were they doing? Attempting to
3: play well, here's, here's something with, interesting with, with, with three
0: people pressing. All right, JK, I, I'm going to answer the question. Is that? Well, here's the thing. I bet you anything you like. Had Thiago Silva been fit and playing, you would have seen some. Su- I mean, calling it a very long ball. I agree. Calling it a long ball would have been a all a, right. A all right. If all pass, service, to call it Pinpoint that. Pass. Yes. Pinpoint passes. He's yeah. very good at that. And yeah. Christensen didn't do that enough. And no. perhaps that's understandable. He's feeling his way back into the side. Rudiger couldn't... You know, Rudiger's long balls are exactly that. They're redolent of a 1977 centre-back.
1: Yeah, no, Occasionally, he can, he can hit a player, Rudiger. He can occasionally. With a football, you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do
4: think... Um... Chelsea, yeah. You you look at the very best sides who do that building out from the back. You sort of, I mean, the very very best side. You know, Pep's Barcelona, even Sarri's Napoli were very very good at this. Uh, not to, to. I didn't.
0: I didn't watch Napoli, Adam. Sorry. But it's
4: it's, it's, the, it's the rotation of the midfielders in. And this is different in a back uh, when Chelsea are playing a back three, but it's the rotation of those centre midfielders to one to drop in to drag. Some, and I don't want to get yeah, too technical. No, no
1: um, do, do, do. Please, please. It's great. It's great. We, yeah, we it's, need
4: to learn, Adam. We
1: need to learn. Yeah, we're
4: just relaxing. We're like <laughs> but those, but those, very best, those very best sides that build out from the back, there's rotation in the midfielders. One drop in to drag somebody and then they'll go out and the other one will come in and then you've got the pass on and then you get that pass out and then it goes from there. Chelsea don't really do that at the moment. And I, think that maybe is down to the Kovacic-Georginia partnership. Um, They do some things well. They do some other things not very well. Um, And I don't think there's that understanding between them or structure in place just yet. I think Tuchel can get there, uh, where Chelsea will try and play out from the back and there will actually be options to do so, even if they are being pressed high, because that structure will be much more well-drilled. I do think we should remember, and I was guilty of doing this earlier, he hasn't even been there two weeks, Thomas Tuchel. It feels seems like, like a lifetime age- already,
3: Adam. <laughs> exactly.
4: It seems like he's been there ages. He's only He's been there less than two weeks. He was officially confirmed two weeks tomorrow.
3: Yeah. yeah.
4: In that respect, he's done pretty well. I <laughs> so think so. Far, no. uh, with minimal time on the actual training pitch, just because of the games and then the recovery and then the preparation for the next game. I don't think he's had a load of time to really say, right, this is my structure. We are going to make sure we know this inside out. I don't think that's happened yet, no, which is why Chelsea haven't been necessarily brilliant. They've been well, effective so far, it, and they've been getting wins. You're right. Early, early
0: day I thought something that that Tuchel said, actually, uh, uh, you know, after the match, Martin, was really... What Again, uh, this is another indicator... I mean, you know, Adam's probably been in press with him and seen this firsthand, but I, I have to say... I am I am impressed by and you know I mean of course he should do this he's a bloody coach but I'm I'm impressed with the fact that he articulates what he sees on the pitch that is not going right he doesn't give just kind of like you know vague esoteric weird answers that make him look <laughs> clever he actually calls it as he sees it and he actually said martin about really uh, uh, Jorginho and Kovacic that that we played back too much to escape the pressure there were not enough balls going forward. And I think that bears out what Adam was saying, is that they need to learn how to, you know, pass forward to get themselves out of trouble rather than freaking out and making the simple pass. And that's exactly what Jorginho and Kovacic do, isn't it, Martin?
2: Yeah, I mean, old habits die hard. I mean, I said earlier, you did see Kovacic trying to break forward on his own a little bit more. You're not going to see Jorginho do that. I think Tucker will learn about being too honest impresses soon because his words will get misinterpreted, but that's for, that's for, that's for another time. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. <laughs>
4: <laughs> i tell you what, Thomas Tuchel is one of the most interesting people to listen to at a press conference. I say saying people, one of the most interesting head coaches. There was a question in the written section last, uh, before Spurs, when he was asked about something and he gave an answer that lasted a good two minutes. And it was one of the most in-depth answers I think I've ever heard from a football head coach or manager. Uh, like the, the detail of it, really, really impressed me, and I just sort of was sitting there going, "God, this guy, bloody hell, he knows what he's talking about."
3: Um, yeah,
2: <laughs> which there's good. There's, there's, oh, absolutely, but there's going to be some journalists who like that, and then there's going to be some who are going to like foreign man using long words and... Go on, name the name, uh, Martin, name name. Oh, uh, no, I, I think... Actually, half of them block me, so fuck it. Anyone who, <laughs> anyone, anyone who works for The Sun, you know, Johnny Foreigners coming in and taking our Frank's job and all this. I mean, I like Henry Do you Winter, think there's but, any
0: of that going on?
2: Oh, there's massive xenophobia really? in there. It's really? got to be. I mean... The, the war was I mean, over,
0: you know. It was nearly a, uh, you know. 18 I know years ago, so, some
2: people still have 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 it in their heads. I mean, look at the fucking government we've got. Oh, well, but um, yeah, there is that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when Lampard got sacked, I wasn't happy. But some of the articles were ridiculous. I mean, Henry Winter is a writer I normally have a lot of time for, but he. I think to look, to read him, you'd have thought Mason Mount was never going to play professional football again.
0: Yeah, he did get a bit of moose, didn't he? Him
2: and Rhys James were going to get locked. They are going to be like the fucking princes in the tower or something <laughs> like that. And yeah, it was it was faintly ridiculous. And it doesn't help. I mean, some sort of, is, there are going to be games where we play poorly, don't win. And, you know, all the ones who have always, you know, don't like intellectualism with their football footballer are going to be sharpening the knives. So uh, I, I do wish him luck because he is going to need it eventually.
4: Well, well I will uh, just on Thomas Tuckle, I enjoyed his press conference response on uh, Ahead of Spurs when he was asked a third question about Tottenham <laughs> and just said, are you <laughs> sure you're in the right press conference?
2: Good answer. That was a Carve, wasn't it?
4: Uh, I a think guy. It was Sky Sports, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that that did
1: amuse me. What did he ask him? I missed that.
4: He asked him about Harry Kane and then he, he asked him about... Harry Kane, and he asked him about Delhi Ali, and I think it was the second question about Ali that Tuchel said, "Are you sure you're in the right press conference?"
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> right answer, because I mean that's the trouble. I mean Ian Abrahams, and I mean be I mean maybe you can't really. Say. Doesn't he
2: just ask about food?
0: Well, yeah. Well, he did he? Did yeah, ask but about yeah, food, yeah, but he because right? he because he, he, he found out that he's a vegan, and Which also he went he went he went for the spurs supporter angle again but i mean you know abraham's works for talk sport so his main mission in life is to get some pithy newsworthy which of course has nothing to do with news story which he can play out on talk sport every 5 minutes sky news are no different that they're, that they're, 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 it's soundbite journalism and it's bullshit frankly i you can't say that adam i know but i can and it's pathetic but you know fear not people we have fine people, fine young men like Adam. We have fine old men like Henry Winter or whoever else is there who who get a separate press conference after the thing that we see on YouTube where they get to ask intelligent questions about the football which we then get to read about, you know, that old-fashioned thing, reading rather than listening to idiots on TalkSport or Sky Sports. Anyway, now I was going to ask somebody a really important question, but I can't remember what it was. So what I'm going to do is carry on talking about Tommy T, Thomas Tuchel, because actually the next question really is very much about him, I think. And I'm not sure where I sit on this, whether, you know, with about 15, 20 minutes to go, what we were doing was really good game management and seeing a 2-1 win out or hanging on by the seat of our pants again. But what I did learn in the presser afterwards were that a lot of the decisions that Tuchel was making seemed to indicate that he was trying to manage the game out. And let's face it, it's something that Chelsea have been really crap at doing for quite a long time now. So if you can actually teach them to do that, where... We all sit there thinking, oh, it's two one. We're fine." You know, him, "Go and have a go and have a beer. We're fine." Rather than absolutely pooping our pants, which is what I tend to do these days. Now, um, he took Giroud, Giroud off. Great, because I thought Giroud did didn't really do much, which left he was us. With, poor. He was poor, very poor, uh, which left us with no striker. So he brought Alonso on uh, because he realised we needed height at the back because we were going to get bombed out by Sheffield United in their last kind of flurry. Clever. He brought Kante on. Without taking one of Jorginho and off, I'd have hooked Jorginho and put Kante straight on. No, he bolstered the midfield. Again, I thought that was quite clever. There was a lot of clever things going on, Adam, which I could call managing the game. And yet still, in the last kick of the game, Billy Sharp could have bloody scored. So I don't know. I don't know where I sit on it.
4: I thought Chelsea really handled that last half an hour well. Um, fair it's fair like, enough. It's like you say... Under, under Frank Lampard you'd watch games and you know we say we all love Frank Lampard as a, as a guy and what he stands for is at Chelsea but God Chelsea could not see our games comfortably under Frank Lampard it was really really awkward to watch sometimes I think the, the most memorable one was the Valencia game last season when we would think we were drawing 1-1 and, we were, and it, a 1-1 draw was perfectly fine yet in the last minute we were chucking six players forward for some bizarre reason um, but no last night I thought we did it really, really well. The, yeah, I think it's impossible to completely negate an opposition threat. I mean, they had that one chance, which was the Billy Sharp chance, and that was about it. Other than that, Chelsea just kept them at bay pretty much. I don't think there was anything really to get too concerned about. And credit to the players for that because, and I'm playing amateur psychologist here, but I do wonder how much the sort of younger players in this team, the, the homegrown players in this team, were protected a little bit by Frank Lampard in the sense of he was the one who gave them their chance. And if anything really went wrong, he was there to sort of take that bullet for them. Whereas under Thomas Tuchel, they're not going to get that. If they don't step up now, they're going to be out of the team. It's pretty much that simple. So they're going to have to grow up. And they, they look like they grew up quite quickly last night. They, they did everything they had to do. There weren't risks taken. And... As I say, I thought the last half an hour was actually pretty comfortable and it, it made it quite boring because Chelsea kept the ball a lot and didn't really let Sheffield United do anything.
0: Well, I have to say, Adam, I, I should I should confess to the you know general populace at large here that I was so bored that I was actually having a Facebook conversation with my best mate about which was the last gig we'd been to together. Because the other passion in my life is is music and another thing, pubs, music, football. So basically all the things I like most I'm being denied at the moment, which is why I get a bit grumpy. But anyway, I was I was talking to Simon on Facebook, trying to figure out what the last gig, and that was because I I so you know maybe I'm just lying, Adam. Maybe I wasn't as worried <laughs> as I like to think I was. But there you go, Martin. There was a lovely scene which which uh, I was doing the rounds on on Twitter. Steve, I think, tipped the wink on this. But uh, to talk, I mean, really picking up on what Adam was saying about about you know his interactions with the players and the fact that that the homegrown's are going to have to grow up now. But he was he he was he, he kind of had Hudson and Roy grab round the neck. So there's a full
2: blown fucking
0: headlock. I yeah, think but I think but I, I, was... I took that as quite a, a nice thing. Actually, it was like a cuddle that went a bit kind of uh, wrong. It was a cu- it was a very,
2: it was a very aggressive cuddle. <laughs> well, Hudson and was smiling. I don't think he had a problem with it. Yeah, if you'd left it on for like seconds longer, can you can you let go now, please? Can you let go? Can you let
3: go? For fuck's sake!
1: <laughs> I think he was actually uh, congratulating him because he yeah. does he, he does come on and, and energise. The team in a way that we're not seeing from other players. Adoy. I
2: thought we missed him actually at the no, start. To be honest, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I think some some of the thing you're saying about the ball going out to the right hand side and James, if it goes to Hudson Adoy in that position, he's more likely to cut in and attack.
1: Yeah. So maybe they're looking the for that
2: a little bit. Yeah, exactly.
1: He's beginning to to develop wonderfully. Adoy, I'm I'm beginning to get very fond of him because he, you know, we've we've gone through that period as I've talked about before where he he looked a little bit bit. Um, um, scared even yeah, of taking yeah. people on, and I now think he's uh, he's, he's flowering. I mean, I, what I hope happens is that is that Tuchel just looks at everybody um, in a very discerning way and comes up with a side that that fits the opposition and and doesn't. You know, I think he would have been found out by um, it, it, by seeing Jorginho play badly in that in that situation. I, I don't think he would have realised that what we've been seeing for for ever since he joined the club is that he just doesn't work, he can't track back, he's not quick enough. And you would hope that he would then pick sides accordingly. And I think I almost felt that the whole of the selection in the first half was uh, until the substitutes was a kind of um, experiment, he's still giving people a go. And, uh, um, and I don't think Chilwell is quite up to pace at the moment, as he was before. Great Didn't pass you, to you know, to Werner though. For, oh, no, that went well. That went there, but but once again, it was other things as well. Just defensively,
2: being, he wasn't happy with him defensively.
1: No, he, no, he, he wasn't. No, it's very
2: clumsy for that challenge as well. That was yeah. Oh, that, VAR. that was, oh, that was an awful challenge.
1: That was awful, wasn't it? That was so naive. But also, you know, the the, the, the forward was was uh, was very on the ball at leaning across. But for goodness' sake, you know, in the penalty area, come on! He was really fortunate there. Um, but I, I also felt that uh, I think the the, the, the the problem is that the the difficulty Adam that we're that the, being a youngster as you are in comparison to me with my my huge years you have to remember that I saw Jimmy Greaves was that, was that huge and, years uh, love yeah huge years that's why I'm wearing my that's why I'm, that's why I'm wearing my beanie um, because is that is that um, you, you observed you observed I thought we were pretty much in control of the last half hour I observed for fuck's sake we give a goal away all for the, the whole of the half arm. And it doesn't yeah. matter how, how we're playing. I'm going, for fuck's sake, do something. Uh, I'm, what the I'm,
3: fuck? I must so-
2: admit, I've disengaged a little bit since Frank left. So I've just, to stand, to stand back at a safe distance while we can't go out of the game. So I thought we were reasonably comfortable as well. And the one thing I would have said, that shot from Billy Sharp at the end was after the stoppage time had elapsed. So I would have been... Spitting tax of that got in because of like, the ref
1: but should also, have blown up. But, but also the other fact about it is that I talked about it on Friday. Sharp is a t- is a terrific player in those situations, mm. particularly yeah. coming on as a sub. I mean, really spot on. He, he's uh, he's 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 scored late goals like that. He buzzes everywhere. So I kept thinking, oh fuck, god, it. Looked like oh fuck. You know, so when, <laughs> thank goodness, thank goodness for Mendy, you know, who was yeah. really on the ball. That was a very decent save. He made a few actually, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so.
4: No, yeah. I don't. I, 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 I just thought I just watched the last half an hour thinking, God, this is boring. Largely because Chelsea weren't letting
1: anything really happen because they held the ball up. They held on to yeah, the no, ball. No, they did. They did. They did. At the end of that Somebody just misplacing one pass and attack then at the other end. And all the vision. i tell you why I can't stand. We still have this terrible inability. We keep giving away pe- uh, free kicks in the just to, towards the corner there which uh, which was a constant um, last season under Frank. And they'd always score. The opposition would always score because that's when we had our inability yeah. to dealing with anything whipped in. And lo and behold, Kante does a kind of sort of <laughs> non-tackle and there's one there. And Rhys James does one. And I'm going, for fuck's sake, no. But I'm thinking back to last year. And of course, we're actually in a better position because we are clearly defensively better organised. But it's so difficult with all these different images yeah. of past failures you know, that I'm thinking hey. of all the, all the permutations. Oh, that will go in, this is going to head it. Oh God. So it's always an unbelievable relief when it just gets headed up in the air or goes over the bar or the goalkeeper holds it or he he sails over to for go a go goal kick. You certainly have got Set piece PTSD, basically.
0: No, no, he he still got PTSD <laughs> from watching Chelsea in the seventies, Adam. That, that's that's JK's trouble. He still he still uh, thinks it's nineteen seventy six. I,
2: I, I must admit, I still think of Rory bloody DeLap every time someone gets a long throw. Oh, i yes, is yes, have the same. I'm <laughs> exactly the yeah, same.
1: got Maybe, the we should, long you should through. be
2: thinking Ian
0: Hutchinson.
2: Oh, that that did you see that video that went around on the weekend? No, what was that of the sixth of the the FA Cup? It was. It looks like it's the, the club are releasing it, and it's. Just a video of like the cup run from uh, oh, right, 1970, right. and I hadn't appreciated how fucking long that throw was for Ian Hutchinson
1: in the final. But when Webby scored, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jesus, he's yeah. like in yeah. his own, he's almost yeah. in his own half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> human windmill. Yeah. I, I was a yeah. what kind of person I was even then in my youth. I was obsessed with whether it was a foul throw or not. I kept thinking, has he got his foot over the line? Oh,
2: Victor Moses must have <sighs> been fun. Had, you must have enjoyed Victor that. Moses <laughs> when he
1: was here. Victor Moses. I used to stand up even in the east stand and go for fuck's sake just like
0: that that was my okay <laughs> no, all right moving on um i mean i thought simon's point uh adam was really good actually don't always agree with simon although i, I do like him a lot but it was a half hard, a hard-fought win at a venue uh where you know last year they they got humped three 0 if we all recall wasn't that long <laughs> ago um, and i I mean, I know what j k says they are bottom but that you know they've had some good results recently as we were talking to the lovely ben on on Friday night, and they're a doughty side and uh Wild is a good manager so you know yep. i thought I thought they showed some character to 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 see that game out as which is what you were saying and win two one and of course the result in that is that in the uh you know just the four matches that uh Tuchel has been in charge for he's now won three of them and drawn one um and, of course, that's now pushed us up to fifth. We're only a point behind the best team that the, the whole universe has ever seen, ever, ever, ever. Ever, ever. 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 With, the
2: be, with, with the best goalie
0: on the planet. With the best goalie, the best defender, the best manager, the best crowds, the best atmosphere, the best history, all of that. Well, they were trying to make
1: out, weren't they, last night, that the only reason that they're... they're... They're where they are is because there's no crowd. Because the crowd is so important for them.
0: Well, I mean, that's... you can't. Can't you say that for? I mean, you know, if you remember, yeah, you can say
1: that for every club. Yeah. It's
0: ridiculous. I mean, remember when we had Absolutely. Ben on the first time? No, it, was, no, it was a load of bollocks. Remember when yeah. we had <laughs> Ben? Remember? And Sheffield
2: little... United have been one of uh, as affected by it as Liverpool. well That's what
0: I was saying. You know, Ben, yeah. uh, the travelling blade, came on yeah. before uh, we played them at the Bridge, and and their form was terrible. They were they were doing. They couldn't win for Toffee. And he said it was because there were no fans. Like so, you know, it's the same for everybody. Bottom line well, is, Adam, we are, we've climbed up to fifth. Um, I mean, you know, we are. I mean, I think the really interesting thing is we're now only six points behind United in second. Uh, City have got a bit of a, a healthy gap with eleven points, and they're looking bloody good. It was wonderful to see them demolish Liverpool uh, at the weekend. I mean, you could say that uh, Everton and Villa who are on uh 37 and 35 points respectively if they win those two games you know they're kind of above us but i think what i'm really trying to ask you in a very roundabout eggshell walking on eggshells type way is you know it's only four games in i get that but do you like what he's done so far and and do you feel a lot more confident that we are going to get top 4
4: yeah i like what he's done so far i mean three wins and a draw you can't really not be happy with that um i do i think he's been lucky in the sense of all the teams really above chelsea have dropped points uh while chelsea have been collecting them um like west ham obviously had a defeat liverpool have been losing every home game that's come their way recently um so in that respect chelsea managed to make up a lot of ground which i don't think even thomas took would have expected at this point so they're ahead of the game in that in that sense um I do think Chelsea actually probably will get into the top four now. Um, they they look consistent. I think we've had what is our awful period of the season um, under Frank, unfortunately. Um, whereas, you know, Liverpool are going through their tough spell now. United had theirs at the beginning of the season as a city. But Leicester, I don't know. I, I can't work out Leicester. One week they look brilliant. and next week they go. Yeah. Um,
2: and Leicester and Liverpool are playing on Saturday. Yeah.
4: Yeah, so I know. I think I think Chelsea are probably in a decent position now. As long as they keep picking up, obviously points. I guess the 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 only caveat to that is Chelsea do have a bit of a tough run coming up, where they play. I think it's Liverpool, or Everton, United, Liverpool in fairly quick succession. Leads away as well uh, around the second leg of the Atletico tie. Uh, Atletico tie. So right. that'll probably be quite a defining run in what Chelsea do this season. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I think I think they'll actually do it. You know, I think they'll get into the top four.
0: I'm feeling a lot more confident after after what I've seen, I, because I think I think, you know, it's no accident. I mean, okay, I know we've played Burnley, no ambition, Wolves, no ambition. Spurs. You can't you can't Spurs. No I mean, it's just unbelievable. I no know we're ambition.
2: going to talk about this later on, so I'll hold my thoughts on that. And because one of the letters kind of. Mentions it in a roundabout way, but that you, was you, all right. That was so shocking. I still can't, still can't yeah, get it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, you know, they had no ambition, so
2: they, were, they had less ambition than of all the teams we've played since Tom Stuck was taken over. Yeah, Tottenham were the ones that had the least Absolutely. ambition. I did not expect that. I don't think he did either.
0: You can't say that about Sheffield United, but I mean, the point is is that you know, I don't think it's any coincidence that, that, that we've only conceded one goal in our last four matches. We that the 3 4 2 1 or 3 4 1 2 makes us look a lot more stable and solid. Even, you know, if you'd have said to me, we're going to lose silver to an injury, I would have, you know, I'd have been distraught. But Christensen slipped in there and we haven't seemed to have lost any of that stability in defence. So it tells me that Tuchel knows how to organise a team and he knows how to make a team solid. And I think more important, guys, he knows how to make a team hard to beat. And I think at the moment in this league, that's really, really important because some of the nuts results we're seeing... Where everything's really up and down to get some consistency is actually the key to getting in the top four. Mm-hmm. so if he can you know if he can carry I mean if, okay, we're not going to win every match, I'm sure we're going to lose a few too, but if on the whole he can make us hard to beat and we can pick a, gradually keep picking up points, picking up points, I think what you'll find is a lot of the you know the teams above us that we were talking about will slip back down, you know because I think it's that kind of a season.
4: Yeah, yeah, I think you look at most teams; they're absolutely knackered. Yeah, and I think there that's that. understandable. Well,
0: Liverpool, I think, is a fatigue issue.
4: Yeah, and the fact they've got no centre
2: backs. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which they, which they yeah. don't talk about no. much. I no,
0: must no. say. Anyway, um, we're going to ah, have a ah, we're going to ah, have a quick ah, break, and then uh, when we come back, uh, J.K. will have uh, you know uh, kind of made himself some honey honey tea or whatever he does, and you know, oh. exercises vocal cords. And then we've got loads of emails, but before that. A uh, quick shout-out for the Chelsea Supporters' Trust. Uh, five quid to be a member of the Supporters' Trust, which means you can vote in the meetings. Uh, and you vote in the meetings. Vote in the elections and go to the meetings. Uh, but actually, at a time like now, where there is arguably... I mean, there is a real disconnect between us and the club because we can't go for a start. But there's some awful nefarious things going on in terms of TV deals, uh, purported european super leagues that kind of thing so you know we need to make our voice heard otherwise we'll suddenly find out that it's not really worth going back when we're allowed to go back so if you kind of join up something like the Sports trust at least you get a chance for us to go and represent you and and make your uh feelings known so there we go it's well worth it five quid a year to be a voting member and you can attend all the meetings that they do dot at Chelsea S Trust is the Twitter handle. Um, and of course, another thing that is superb, which I, 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 I would recommend to anybody who claims to be a Chelsea supporter, uh, is that you go and buy a CPO, a Chelsea pitch owner's share. If you do that... It means you have a share of the freehold of the stadium, and that will protect it from being sold to a property developer or other nefarious person in the future. And it will ensure that football is always played at Stamford Bridge, which, of course, is our spiritual home. Now, the cheapest shares, I believe, are an electronic share for 31 quid, but you, you, you can spend up to 210 quid, I think, on getting framed ones, signed frame ones. Ones presented on the pitch, you name it. But uh, go and check out the official uh, Chelsea website and search for Chelsea pitch owners and buy that share. You won't regret it. Right, as I said after the break, we're going to be doing emails.
1: Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com.
0: Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am of course Stanford Chidge. Uh and I've got the wonderful Mr. Kidd down there, who's on mute.
1: Hello everybody.
0: Hello. Uh we've got Martin Wickham, the lovely Martin Wickham. Always nice to see Martin. Evening. And uh, we have uh, the lovely Adam Newsom, the Chelsea correspondent for Football.London, who was telling us in the break that he's got the gig to go to Barnsley on Thursday night and he's a bit worried about how bloody frozen it's going to be. He's not wrong. We're going to talk about Barnsley in part four, uh, so don't go away. Now, we've got emails now. We've got uh, a lot to get through. They're mercifully quite short, JK, so I, I have a good feeling about tonight.
1: I'll read them quickly. And can I just ask a question? Are you, uh, um all the games you're going to, are you are getting programmes from the war? Because this must be an unbelievably um, uh, a collector's item series <laughs> of programmes were you to be getting them. Yeah. And, team, and team sheets, are you getting them as well? Uh Yes, we are actually, yeah. I think I've
4: got one of the, I've got the Chelsea Morgan programme, which had a, a tribute. That's Tommy to Dock,
3: isn't it? Yeah, Cockety, yeah,
1: yeah. on it. Um, so yeah, no, we are getting them, um, which is nice. Uh, yeah, brilliant. Was there a Tuchel a t- a t- t- thing in any of the programmes? Was there anything about him in any of the recent ones?
4: Uh, I haven't actually been to one of the recent games, so uh, oh, okay. I, I can't answer that. But, um, but yeah, the last game I think I went to was Morecambe, Uh for reasons. We can only get one press pass at the moment per okay, well, company, and sam, Sam's sam gone and Spurs, right. our Spurs guy was there. And, anyway, yes.
3: Right
1: how intriguing.
0: JK this be... this this email is right up um Adams Alley if you excuse
1: the expression. <laughs> the Adams Alley. Yeah. Up his up his to be Shakespearean up his Aris. Aris as in you know as in, in, in chopper. The... No 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 as in uh, as in curtain that um um uh, Polonius is killed behind. <laughs>
2: This not study fucking Shakespeare this
0: school. Is, this, is this moments like this when I regret that we're not a YouTube channel because Ad- Adam had the the presence of mind to put the hand oh, over the head. God. Oh yeah. god, I can't believe you all. You're such philistines. That all.
2: grass has turned into tumbleweed. Oh you? god.
0: Oh, I'm just going to carry on drinking my Guinness. Read the email, old sport.
1: Yes, read the fucking email, Jonathan. Anyway, um, this is yes. You dick. This is from, this is from Jeff. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Jeff Jones. Um, uh, um, can I read it as if I'm in the West Country, just for the hell of it? He's in
0: Atlanta, Georgia.
1: Oh, it's Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Hey, Jeff. No, I won't read it. Like that. It's okay. Um,
3: you, I'll tell you what.
0: That. If you can read it in the style of Jeff Sessions, the former Attorney General of the United United <laughs> States, I, I, will, I will
1: love it. He sounded a I, bit I, like I, Deputy I, Dog. I was always bemused by, was it by... Um, uh, what's his face He's Jeff uh,
0: Beauregard the head of
1: the head of the Republicans what's his, his daughter's book last night uh, we're, we're Mitch Charles. McConnell That's Mitch right. McConnell, McConnell why that boy
2: I'm saying Mitch McConnell in Kentucky <laughs> so, yeah.
3: there we go no but, doubt wave bye bye yeah.
0: to all of our American listeners in yeah yeah
1: bye bye yeah, we love you we love all you mate <laughs> I'm just I'm having a go. <laughs> come on, don't be unfair here. I'm having a go.
0: Brilliant, brilliant, and From
1: brilliant. there, I'm the, the accent I hear mostly in my ears, is that one all the time. Come on, Joe.
3: fucking Is that on. your
1: alter ego? Yes, my alter ego is that one. Yeah, your invisible on. friend. Come on, I'm having you. It's that one. Yes, anyway. My invisible friend. My visible friend, my butler, of course. Hello, sir. Could you like to leave this hoi polloi? No, I'm fine. Here we are. Um... Jeff Jones, good evening, Chid. Jonathan et al. I could do a joke about there being nobody called Al, but I won't. Um, I'd like to hear you speak on the media bias against Chelsea. I'm an American, so I get my coverage from NBC. I'm curious to know if the BT and Sky pundits were as blatantly anti Chelsea after our Derby win as the NBC pundits were. We absolutely dominated Spurs and deserved the three points. But post match, all Robbie, Robbie Musto and Danny Higginbottom talked about for an eternity. 15 minutes was Tottenham's poor run of form. Not a mention of how well we played, no credit given to us. When they finally showed Tuchel's post-match interview, they barely talked about it. They ended the broadcast with the teaser for the Two Robbies podcast and how they'll discuss how bad Tottenham have been recently. I've heard Yarl talk about the media bias against Chelsea over there, but this was really the first time I felt that bias over here. Is it like this all the time on Sky and BT? Sorry, I had to vent because it's absolutely ridiculous that any broadcaster would spend 80% of post-match coverage on losers rather than winners. Anyways, keep that flag flying high. Thank you, as always, for all the work you are put in each week. Up the Chels, Jeff J, Atlanta, Georgia, USA. It's a goodie, it's a goodie, that one. Um, it's interesting, I didn't know that um, um, as it must, they have a high class of... Uh, Ex-player on NBC, don't they? Musto and Higginbottom. Yeah,
3: they're but,
0: really, um, really dredging the barrel with those two, mate.
1: But, uh, I mean, to be fair, if, they can, if they're uh, good communicators, um, you know, I'm pleased Yeah, but, but them that's got
0: there. nothing to do Ex-players. with whether they're yeah. good communicators.
1: Well, what is the reason for having them on, yeah. well, the having them on They've got good agents. You why why do you
0: think so much? I mean, I know this. I used to work in the yeah, business.
1: Why, 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 why then Higginbottom and Musto?
0: Right, this is what happens. Ex-player stops playing football. Thinks, what am I going to do now? Run a pub, uh, work hard and get my coaching badges. Sports shop. Or go in the media. Yeah, sport a sports shop. Sporting shop. Well, that doesn't happen anymore. They don't run pubs or sports shops anymore. So their choices are work really, really hard and do their coaching badges or go in the media. At which point they approach various agents or their agents approach various media agents who then start phoning up TV producers of sports programs saying, Oh, um, my new client, ex—you know, ex-professional footballers, really lo- love to get in the media, and he's really, really good. And sometimes, occasionally, you owe them a favour, so you say, "Oh, yeah, we'll try him out on this show," and then they get in. That's kind of how it works, which is why you get such a plethora of appalling appalling punditry by appalling ex-footballers who can't string two sentences together or worse, never even bloody watch the games. I mean, I used to work with Claridge, right? Steve Claridge. I've got to tell you, I cannot speak more highly of the guy. He's hilarious in his own little... What's happened w- to him, I don't know. Well, since I got, you know, booted out of the business, he's probably had no work. But, I mean, basically, a really bright guy, really nuts and very, very funny and brilliant. But he worked his bollocks off of what he did. And he used to tell me stories all of the time about various ex-footballers that were working as pundits, none of whom I shall name because I don't want to get sued. But he said categorically, none of them ever watch the games. They don't give a shit. They roll in do what they're supposed to do take the money and piss off he said the, he said he couldn't believe the standard of, of the levels of unprofessionalism in football punditry in this country and i believe him so there you go. that's my rant over adam you work in the media um are, you know to be really honest, mate, I, I don't have a problem with the media being biased. If, I mean, you know, I, I'm biased when I write for stuff. I mean, you you have to publish it. Cundy is like a, fighting a, a one-man battle to be as biased as possible for Chelsea on Talk Sport. I think it's unavoidable, isn't it, if you have an allegiance to a club? I mean, the only people I don't want to be biased are referees.
4: Yeah, you know, especially if you're a former player and you've got such an attachment to that club, I think you look at Graham Souness, who gets <laughs> a lot of a lot of grief. But he was know, fun last night. <laughs> he is a Liverpool guy. He, as much as he tries to be objective, it always shines through. And I think it's going to be the same for any any pundit that has that sort of attachment to a club. They are going to, even if it's unconscious, they're going to just defend that club yeah. and try and paint them in a good light. I mean, the Tottenham stuff. I think this, this is what I was kind of saying earlier about what decides the news agenda and Tottenham being bad un, under Jose Mourinho is A, very funny, but B...
3: <laughs> Sorry,
4: you biased but, journalist. <laughs> but B, well,
3: yeah. Brilliant,
0: Adam, that was
4: legendary. <laughs> but also the fact it's Jose Mourinho and Jose Mourinho is a big draw, Jose Mourinho is a big name. Sorry, is that Jose
0: Mourinho is a big bore, did you say?
4: well yeah I yeah Jose um yeah Jose's big like there's no getting away from that and him doing badly with Tottenham is big big news and a big talking point so I kind of understand it Chelsea going to Tottenham being quite good winning isn't as interesting for a TV audience thing oh look Jose's being really bad again so frankly frankly,
0: where's the news in Chelsea beating Tottenham at White Hart Lane yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no news story there is it? i mean adam you make a superb point which i expect fully from you being somebody who kind of has to you know figure out on a daily basis what the news angle is and, and you're right this is what these media companies have to do and you're dead right sorry jeff i know it's it annoyed you but he's right the news angle was exactly that it was the fact that the the tottenham are being crap under Mourinho. that's a much bigger story than chelsea beating spurs at White Hart Lane, which of course as we all know is not news anyway martin but-
2: what Jeff doesn't know as well is that from our side, watching it on BT, I think we had Jermaine Jenas, and I can't remember who the other public Jermaine,
0: was. Yeah, Jermaine, Jermaine Jenas' tears has, re- has replaced yeah, liberal he, tears, hasn't it? He I
2: was abs- He The story was, he. I was watching it because you just knew they were going to be absolutely furious at how bad Tottenham were, and they were. <laughs> they were. So it wasn't bias against Chelsea. It was just pure fury about how shit Tottenham had been. But I, I, he, I, I don't, I, I don't and, mind that. No, not at all. And with, you know, where he mentioned, he kind of gave it away at the end. I suspect those the NBC pundits will probably just their podcast is going to be like a longer format of it, so they've yeah. just given a bit of a dry run and a plug. But yeah, I, I if I, just, I found it amusing, there was there was just so it shocked me how bad they were. So to see people with clear Tottenham links in the studio, absolutely angry. I mean, Jake Humphrey didn't even try to be impartial; he was furious. Oh, yeah. Jermaine Jennings was furious. So. Yeah, it was quite amusing, and the TV companies are, not, are learning that bias sells.
0: Well, and I mean, actually, it's more honest too. And I think I think hiding behind, I blame the BBC for this, much as I love them, and and uh, the American media, as you'll know, our American friends have been getting a a kicking for for both siding things. And that, 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 you know, impartiality was very much a BBC kind of byword for years and years and years. We're living in 2021. It's You can't do that anymore. It just doesn't work. And I'd much rather have, you know, rapidly biased pundits doing what rapidly biased pundits do, you know, with it, behaving like we all do. At least, the, at least there can be some transparency and honesty about it. Anyway, I've got a lovely we've got loads of good emails tonight, J.K. I have to actually I've read through them all for a change. And uh, they're good. So the next one is from Marco Delavelle. Shall I read
1: it? I think you should. You're, you're down. You're down as reading it. You are DC, aren't That's, you? That
0: is me. That is I. Yes, read it. Then, All right. Yes. OK. Good evening, everyone. Uh, once again, I would like to congratulate you on another brilliant show. Thank you, Marco. Uh, I must say, I've been quite happy with the performances since Thomas Tuchel has come in, particularly the game against Tottenham, where we were up against a team that is at the same level of us, as us in terms of pushing for a place in the top four. I mean no disrespect to Wolves and Burnley when I say that, because they're both difficult and good teams in their own right. However, for around 84 minutes last night, we were in charge, and if Mount scored his chance for Werner's, or, or Werner's shot hits the net rather than Eric Dyer's 50p forehead, sorry, chest, It would have given the scoreline a more deserving look. But at the end of the day, it didn't matter and we walked away with three points. You can definitely see the impact that a change of manager has had and there seems to be a bit more confidence amongst the squad as a whole. We seem to be passing the ball forward a lot more rather than keeping the ball just for the sake of it and passing it backwards and side to side all the time. I hope that we can carry on playing like this. Uh, Also, I've been very impressed with the way that Thomas Tuchel has conducted himself throughout these last three matches. I like the fact that he's very methodical and really studies his opponents and he's constantly changing or tweaking his teams to give them the best opportunity of winning. And he actually shows his emotions on the touchline, which I love to see as a manager. Inner manager, sorry. It couldn't have been easy over these last two weeks, but I think he's done a good job so far and I hope that this carries on throughout the rest of the season. Lastly, I would like to thank you, for interviewing the Borussia Dortmund London fan base journalist. I thought that interview was a really good insight into what we could expect from Thomas Tuchel as our manager. And even though I'm a football fan... I did not know an awful lot about him before listening to Chidge's interview. Thank you all once again for the amazing shows that you make week in and week out. Also, could you please pass on my best wishes to Paul Canneville? I hope he makes a speedy recovery. Keep the blue flag flying high, Marco Delavelle. Well, I agree with all of that, Marco, especially the, f- the wonderful comments about how much you love the show and how wonderful we all are. Uh, in particular, though, yes, I totally echo what you said about Cannas. Um We're all desperately, mm. desperately worried about him and Hoping that he pulls through, I, I I kind of really went to town on that a bit on Friday evening. But we love him to pieces; he's one of ours. So, uh, I, I I mean I will convey that as I have conveyed it uh, on behalf of all of us, uh, Marco. So rest assured that. Um, but I think I think we kind of answered this earlier on, really, about Tuchel and and how we think he's doing. And Adam uh, gave us some really nice insight into to what an interesting man he is to listen to. So I'm I'm glad you're enjoying it, Marco. We all are too. Uh, Jk. This this email is so fantastic it almost deserves a drum roll, uh, largely because it's from one of my old 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 mates, uh, Michael Roban. Who when we started the podcast yeah yeah no, no no I want you to read it because you're on the list to read it. But uh, Mike Ma- Ma- Michael and I became really really great mates and I did a I did a fan cast out in L.A. when I went over to see him in 2009 when Chelsea played into Milan out in Pasadena. He he was our he was our Los Angeles correspondent for a while and he is a fine fine man. And I haven't heard of from him for ages. And then out of the blue,
1: we get this email. Huh. Puh. Puh. I shall read it. Um, great podcast this week. Wow. It was the therapy session I so badly needed. I guess my one very positive takeaway was the happy realisation that I'm most definitely not a trophy hunter, as that is seemingly a pejorative term of the worst kind. It is the equivalent of the deplorables of football supporters, it seems. However, I'm not sure the way I became a supporter is any better, really. As you recall, I became a Chelsea supporter after, I should say supporter in quotation marks, supporter after being admonished by a Brit football coach at summer camp when I told him I was a New York Cosmos fan. I was. Surely a team with Frank Beckenbauer and Giorgio Chinaglia had to be the best side in the world. I was told I had to pick a real football club And decided on Chelsea because a they were from London. I'm a New Yorker. Somehow they seemed to have some proportional relevance. And I guess looking at the table, Chelsea was the only place in London I ever heard of because I knew the Sex Pistols were from there. And that's it. I became a Chelsea supporter. And weirdly enough, of course, the Sex Pistols, the Sex Pistols, the um, the um, what's the face's shop was just down in the King's Road, wasn't it? Old. um, yeah, the sex shop. Yeah, absolutely. Where, um, where uh, Malcolm McLaren, Vivian uh, Westwood, with, with exactly. Well done, Vivian Westwood used to be. I went in there a few times and looked. And then... Came out in a rubber yeah. suit and a gas mask. Still wears it on the fan cast most weeks. Actually, <laughs> I was about to say that. You just completely, <laughs> you completely ruined my gag. I'm so sorry.
0: Right. Thank you. would so never much. do that to me ever. I wouldn't actually. Oh no, you wouldn't. I, no, I know. I, I meant it. I know. I know. It's okay. You have got though. more I...
1: manners. I know where I stand. Yes, I'm, I'm, I am occasionally um, uh, hampered by my manners. Anyway, moving, <laughs> swif- moving swiftly on. Um, it wasn't until I wandered half pissed into a pub in Parsons Green. I actually met some real supporters, got to attend a match at a rather bleak, from what I recall, Stamford Bridge on a bleak day against a bleak West Ham side. Did I care that Chelsea was actually kind of a shit side back in the day? Maybe it was a little disappointing, but it was the club that picked me essentially. And now I had friends and new mates that were real live Chelsea supporters. And I was welcomed with some ridicule and scepticism, but welcomed nonetheless. It wasn't until the matches were televised on satellite in the mid-90s that I actually got to watch them on TV. The first year I really got to actually follow the club by watching matches was 1995. We had Dennis Wise, love him, Hullitt, love him, Steve Clark, love him, Mark Hughes, love him, Johnny Spencer, love him. And of course, the original super Frank, Frank Sinclair, mm. who I've subsequently become friendly with. We finished eleventh. I didn't care. Must have been Hoddle as manager, wasn't it? I didn't care. Was nice to get relegated. Nice was sorry, was nice not to get relegated. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> that
2: was a small league that season. That's Freudian yeah, well, slip,
1: mate. <laughs> it was, yes. yes. Ninth to eleventh went down. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Everybody below 11th stayed up. Bizarre. at Nevada Smith's, there was singing and yelling at the West Ham fans. I was hooked. Did it matter that I chose the club for completely random reasons? So you see, my reasons for becoming a Chelsea supporter were dubious at best. But over the years, it was never about the winning or the trophies. I've made great friends around the world, seen a bunch of live games at Stamford Bridge, become friendly with guys like Frank Sinclair and Mario Melchiot, and achieved the pinnacle of Chelsea fandom by appearing as a guest on the Chelsea Yeah, Yay! Sure, it's been more fun to have a club to support that is actually relevant on a global scale. And they're now always on television, which was certainly not the case back in the 1980s. But that is what it makes it difficult emotionally when a club legend like Super Frank gets the sack. It's even more painful to see other clubs hiring club legends and sticking with them, despite seeing them obviously over their skis, i.e. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer at Man United. OGS seems truly to me the Forrest Gump of managers. He seems not to have a clue, but things just kind of work out. Let's see how that works in the end for them. Perhaps I'm not giving him enough credit, but at least Manu seems to have the understanding that if you start a project with a club legend, you should at least give it some time to bear fruit. And right now, Manu is contending for the league title. Frank should never have been hired for cynical reasons. Sorry, yes, Frank should never have been hired for cynical reasons. I would have preferred to have given him a full three years to prove himself or never never to have hired him at all. I could have lived with a painful season this year and given him the benefit of the doubt to figure it out next season. And at the end of the day, if it didn't work out, we all would at least have a reasonable period of time to give him a fair evaluation. But you're quite right, it isn't our club. While I certainly don't long for the days of mid-table finishes, I do wish the club's board and global brand reflected the culture of the fans and supporters that runs so deep for generations. The club's supporters have such a deep soul and connection. It is, I think, therefore sometimes distressing to face the stark reality that for the ones running the club, it's just business. Great work on the podcast. Up the Chelsea, blue till I die. Yours truly the Roban.
0: I mean, as I said earlier on, I mean, just, I mean, absolutely, Michael. I need to phone you. I haven't spoken to you for ages, and I'm very bad at that kind of thing. But how lovely to hear from you. But I mean, that picks up from uh, we had a, a really interesting uh, email, didn't we, uh, on uh, the in the post show we did last week about glory hunters and stuff. But it was really a lovely reminder from Michael that um, serendipity plays a large part in how a lot of us become Chelsea supporters. Right, next email from Michael Gibbon. And he says, Good evening, Chidge
1: and Kid and esteemed think guests this, this, this kid thing comes from that uh, that uh, love sport guy who thought that was my name I was called what, rather than kiddo. you remember that? He called me. I kid. do vaguely. I do, I do I anyway. I he says,
0: I write to you this morning in something of an odd mood, all things considered. We beat Spurs. Which is always lovely. We've looked very tight at the back so far. And although endless keep ball bores me half to death, I do like how solid we look. But we still don't take our chances. And in all honesty, even when we're going forward, we never look like we're actually going to do something with the ball. When we score, it almost looks accidental. But last night, I did something that I have never done before, but sadly will likely do again. I turned off a match before it was over. Then went to sleep it's very difficult for me to give a toss about the happening at Chelsea right now. I'm mm. under no illusion that this is Roman's club, what he says goes, and although he does love the club, we're still ultimately, as you put it, a rich man's train set. But at least uh, with Frank at the helm, I could think that someone who gave a crap about the fans was at least calling some of the shots. And from there, I could convince Reid fool myself into thinking that the club... Uh, I think the club as a whole gave a crap about the fans, at least to some extent. And in the earlier Bramovic years, yeah, there was a rotating cast of managers, but JT, Frank himself, Drogba, Balak, Cech, et al. were there to get behind. As much as I absolutely adore Mount, he's not a legend yet. The same goes for Reese, hudson Adoy, and Tammy, who is probably the biggest lo- loser with the changing coach. I listen to the fancast every week, and although I spend around 70% of the time muttering that what I'm hearing is hogwash... I beg your pardon. Um, This made me lose my place now, completely. Ah, I do really value... Oh, that's better. I do really value the analysis and opinions on the fan cast. It is weird and out of... Well, it, it is weird. Not us. No, it is weird and out of order for me to think that the club just doesn't care about the fans. I will obviously back Tommy Tuchel 100%, but this sacking, and I don't think Frank was given a fair chance to actually build something, has left me feeling dispirited and disappointed we're going back to the previous model, and it will likely be successful. But, what we've done, uh, but we've done that, and quite frankly, it will be pretty uninteresting. The decision to sack him is completely unsurprising, but still bitterly disappointing. The last thing, I have considered emigrating to New Zealand. I live in South Africa. And one of the main caveats to moving there is is the awful time zone. Yes, I can still watch the local rugby and any test cricket in the area, but I would have to choose between staying up all night or waking up at an ungodly hour to watch Chelsea live. It's becoming less and less of an issue for me to miss a live match. Still, keep the blue flag flying, even if the flag is tattered. Kind regards, Michael Gibbon. Blimey!
1: What do you think about that? Well, we we're, we we're, we we're, we've been slightly dissed, haven't we? He thinks we talk bollocks. No, said. no,
0: no. I don't think he was really having a go, but I think he's he's losing his love for Chelsea because we sacked Frank, and it's boring. What do you think?
4: I think he's unique in that, is he?
0: I think he might be. I mean, the bottom line is, Michael. Here's the thing, mate. I mean, I know it hurt like hell, but this is football, and this is Chelsea Football Club, and these things happen. I mean, as Jonathan can tell you, and did on the show that we did is that um, basically he's seen it all before, and, and this is what Chelsea... Do. I worked, Somebody worked out on Twitter, they sent me a lovely tweet that said, in the last 50 years, Chelsea have had 33 managers. If you work out their average tenure, it's 18 months. Chelsea's always been doing this. So my only advice to you is you just have to kind of uh, inure yourself from the emotions of it, you know, and understand that this is always going to happen and find a way to connect to the club that doesn't... Involve you shitting, involve them shitting on you from a great height every so often, because that is what they will do. I'm sure you'll find your way back, Michael. That's for sure. Anyway, I've got a, a much. Uh, where, have you, where have you gone, Jonathan?
1: I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm just digitising a video. Right. Digitising a 1980 video. Right. And um, and it just finished. It was making Okay. A wor- well, we've got wor- an, e- an email from
0: Alex Davidson.
1: Goody. Hi, children. Kido. Okay, I'll bounce back from lamps being axed. Violent reference, entirely intentional. I've decided to remain a Chelsea fan, but have promised myself to keep a certain arm's length emotional detachment and to temper... It's impossible. You won't be able to do that, Alex. And to temper my expectations regarding expected trophy hall style of play and ongoing running of the club. Having said that, what the fuck? Should have battered Spurs 4-0 at least. Tommy Two-Tone, a word in your shell-like ear, mate, please. Number one, Christensen is never the answer. Number two, until Timo does more than take up space, Mm -hmm. it should be Olivier and (laughs) Tammy up front so that Hudson has something to cross to. Number three, the midfield is constipated with Georgie and Kov playing together. Gilmore, he's right there on your fucking bench. Yes, right there behind you. He's going to save your job. Fucking play him with Kante beside him. Number four, Rudy has been better than he was earlier this season, but Zuma is the physical presence you need at the back and for set pieces. Number five, please find a real role for Pulisic. He seems lost. Number six, next season, Conor Gallagher will be in your squad because he is the business. Number seven, looking forward to seeing Chile back on the field. Your thoughts? Alf Wiedersehen, Pet. Alexander Shah. Wow. Well, um, uh, I'm not convinced about Chilwell at the moment. Um, Conor Gallagher will be interesting, won't you Because he seems to be uh, um, a bundle of uh, of energy. And But I, I, he's not being picked by... Um, by uh, um, no, he's, he is playing. No, know. he is. Did he play? Did he play him? Playing. I thought he was a sub. Did he not sub him?
2: No, he played yesterday.
1: He played yesterday, okay. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, they were wearing that weird Melchester Rovers game. They in were, weren't they? Yeah, Beautiful. and he's got yeah. like blonde, streaky air. So, well, that's fucking Roy Race or something, yeah, isn't no.
0: it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Christensen is never the answer. Well, I, I disagree with that. Adam's got
4: a point. Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, Christensen's been very good when well, yeah. now he stepped in. I yeah. thought he was good against Spurs. I thought he was very good against Sheffield United, which, um, as we as we mentioned earlier, Bramall Lane was the scene of probably his worst Chelsea performance when he got hauled off at yeah. half time last time. Um, but I thought he played really well last night. Yeah. He did a lot of the things that Andreas Christensen doesn't normally do very well in terms of the physical stuff. He stood up quite well. Um and I think it's it's easy to forget that when he broke into that the Chelsea side he was playing in a back 3 under Conte and he looked the business for a lot of that season.
2: Yeah, exactly uh, that. I think we seen I have have slated him on here repeatedly, so I have to hold my hands up and say, oh, I've got that wrong. But um, he does look far more comfortable and confident in a three, and I don't think he's the only one. I, don't, I think we should remember that we last won the league title with a back three, and there are quite a few players still in that squad who played in that system. Yeah. Well, not Christians, he played the season after, but it's Azpilicueta on the right of the three, Alonso, one or two others, and they do look a bit they look quite comfortable in that system certainly they defensively do. they look a lot more safe for now or yeah. probably jinx that yeah, well they but they do <laughs> you know
0: they do that's the reality and and i mean you know christians looked, Christiansen's looked i i've i've been very hard on him because i think he's looked dreadful for us i've said he's not a premier league defender he's not physical enough blah 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 blah. but i'll be honest with you i agree with you martin i mean i think i think in the in the middle of a back three he can do it um What else has he said that... that, uh, Well, Gilmore, yes, absolutely. I think finding a role for Pulisic... I I don't know what's up with Pulisic. Adam, what's up with Pulisic? Was he Uh, watching the Super Bowl last night or something?
4: No, (laughs) no. Thomas Tuchel said it was family reasons. So, for whatever that is, hopefully it's nothing serious. Yeah, quite right. um, I, th- I I thought it was funny when uh, Thomas Tuchel came over and didn't play Pulisic in the first game, which I think many people expected him yeah. to do because they would worked together, and, Pulisic, uh, and and Thomas Tuchel said, "Oh, I know what I know, Christian. I know what he can do, and I know what he can give me off the bench, which is why I put him on the bench." Which I imagine Christian Pulisic was like, "Oh, great! So <laughs> you think I'm mean, you're just going to put me on as, as a sub all the time and expect <laughs> me to make an impact?" Um, but yeah, so in that respect, maybe Tuchel is still doing information gathering in matches, and he does know what Pulisic can do. So maybe that is the reason for why he hasn't sort of been playing in that often or, or has tried him in this sort of split, one of the split again, strikers.
1: He, he might be not playing very well in training. He might just not be, he, he, or he's seen the fact that he's not quite on the case, which he isn't, he hasn't been. Mm. You know, because last year he was completely phenomenal and we, we haven't seen that at all this
4: yeah. season. Yeah, no. During the project restart games, he was unbelie- um, yeah. unbelievable.
0: I think I think a lot of it is mental again. A bit like Hudson Adoy. I think when you've done a Hammy, I think he doesn't trust his hamstrings. And and you know that the the level that they play at, being off your game five percent makes all the difference. So I think that I mean, I, I I don't know if they do again. Adam may or may not know the answer, but I would like to think and I would like to hope that. Chelsea actually employ a team of psychotherapists at that club to to get into the heads of some of these guys because there are sports psychotherapists around you know because I think I think so much of the game at the elite level is is mental as well as physical these days I mean I don't think I'm not sure they do I I I, I don't know if you might know Adam
4: I don't know off the top of my head, but I would assume they would have some kind of sports psychologist, yeah. if not on staff, then available to the players, just because, especially at the moment, just yeah. with, the, with everything that's going on in the world, it would make complete sense. Um, it yes. would, it ben would, ben Chirwell it? as well, I wouldn't be surprised if he's just a bit knackered. Yeah,
0: and again, Frank he's will... injury as well, you know, early in the season, the ankle.
4: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Frank Frank obviously was playing him every game because he yeah. didn't trust Emerson and Alonso was persona non grata. So, step, um, yeah. so ma- I think maybe it's just a bit of tiredness of Chilwell because he has played a lot of football in yeah. the space of four months.
0: Well, like I said, I think he did a great uh, pass to uh, to Verna for the goal against United. I like I like Chirwell, Um So there you go. Um, right, okay. Alan
1: Rivero, email number six. Tricky though, isn't it? Chir? We we like all like Chilwell, but I think Alonso was a better. Um, a better striker, if you want to put it, when he plays in the three. He yeah, is. He is indeed.
0: Right, Alan Rivero. Unc- Hi, Uncle Chidge, kiddo, Mixler family and esteemed colleagues of the show. Try not to laugh too hard at this idea, but since we believe that Tuchel was in the, was the club's, i.e. Marina's target as coach before Sarri, do you think it's possible that Tuchel and the club remained in touch over the past year and the signings of Timo and Kai... Were his all along. It is. It's a tinfoil hat kind of idea. I love a tinfoil hat kind of idea, Alan. You know, I'm a sucker for that. Uh, but this club I love is starting to surprise me less and less. Love you guys and the show. Keep the blue flag flying high. Carefree in San Diego, Alan Rivera. I think. I think this. This is definitely within the. Not because you wear a tinfoil hat, Adam, but you might <laughs> know stuff that we don't. So, um, do you think there's a possibility in that?
4: No. No. Largely because Thomas Tuchel was in charge of PSG in the summer still uh, and was trying to win the Champions League with Paris Saint-Germain. So I don't think he would have been trying to uh, mastermind Chelsea's transfer business.
0: Well, OK, put it in another way, right? I mean, I agree with you. I mean, apart from anything else, I'm not allowed to talk to him while he's the manager yes. of another club. And there are rules. There really are rules about that. But it, I think it was... I can't remember who revealed it. You might remember better than me. But it definitely got revealed that they'd interviewed Tuchel... Before they appointed Sari, yeah. and they really wanted him, and he actually quite liked the idea of coming to us. And then something happened, and I forget now what it was that meant he didn't come. Yeah, so big may,
2: fucking bag of cash from It may, may
0: well have been, may well have <laughs> funny Martin. It could well have been that. But the bottom line is, I th- I don't think it's inconceivable that the club kind of thought. I I'm now beginning to warm to the idea that Frank was always a stopgap. They didn't really want him as manager. It suited their purposes at the time. Blah 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 blah, blah. we all read about it. Yada yada yada. So I think at the back of their mind, they kind of thought, we will we, we will get Tuchel to the club. you know. That, that I think they really felt they would. So given that, that kind of brings a little bit of sense to the Timo and Kai signings, does it not? And Pulisic, maybe? There's,
3: there's,
4: yeah, there's a, probably a, a logic in the sense of I do think that Chelsea, I don't know if they didn't plan to, to go the whole three years with Frank and it just went bad. I kind of had a suspicion that they would give him till this summer and then change him anyway, unless he did something spectacular. But it's the club at the end of the day who have signed players. It has been like that for a while. It's those above the the head coach, I should say, who are dictating transfer policy. I think uh, it was obviously Liam, uh, Liam at The Athletic. There was a piece, so it was mentioned in that. that...
0: Never heard of him, Adam,
4: honestly. <laughs> he's, a, he's the the young man that Frank Lampard, unfortunately, took a disliking to at the end.
0: That was a really unfair, I thought, I have to it say. It was.
4: It was very unfair. Liam's a very very good ju- journalist and a he's very a good big guy. big friend
0: of our show, mate, as um, you know.
4: Yes, yeah, so... I, do th- I think it was uh, yeah, it was reported in The Athletic that Ziyech, Chilwell and Timo were Lampard signings and that Havertz was very much a club signing, which kind of, it isn't a surprise to me that I think, have, again, much like Werner, I don't think Chelsea really expected to get Havertz. They wanted him, sure. They'd been monitoring him, sure. But the fact that the, of the COVID pandemic basically rendered Barcelona-Real Madrid mute in the transfer market and Bayern Munich had went all out for Sané it kind of opened up for Chelsea to get Havertz and they went, okay, well, we can do this and he's very, very good, so let's just do it. Mm. Um, and then we'll work it out after that, yeah. which I think is, again, it's similar to Werner. I don't think, in my own, in my heart of hearts, I don't believe Chelsea fully expected to get Werner. I think everyone else expected him to go to Liverpool. Then Liverpool pulled out of it and suddenly Chelsea had an opportunity. So I think it's two opportunities that Chelsea took. and then.
2: I think there's a German journalist who pretty much confirmed that inside okay. of it that it was Liverpool just couldn't make the numbers up money wise and that was the end of the matter for them.
4: Yeah. So mm. I do think Chelsea probably would have changed head coach, and this is my opinion, it's not fact. I do think Chelsea would have changed head coach in the summer, no matter what, unless Frank had delivered the Premier League or Champions League. And then yeah, and then yeah, they probably would have gone German just because they do seem to be they do seem to be leaning into the Bundesliga at the moment. Mm. Um with Pulisic... They've
2: done this before. They they go flavour of the month. It was all like small Spanish technicians a few years ago and they wanted coaches who could do that and they realised it wasn't going to work and they reverted back to Jose for a second time. Now, it looks yeah. like they're doing the same thing with German coaches and high pressing and et cetera, et cetera. We'll see how it works. I do think
4: it's probably the way to go, to be fair, to the club. I do think you look at Jose now. Jose, Jose's, done. Jose's time at the top is over and I do think there's a very there's very much a need to have a proactive head coach in charge of a football club at this point. You can't be reactive like Mourinho because you see what happens.
0: Uh, exactly. As Jason Cundy says of him, special wants. Yeah. Well no, but
2: it's like it's, know. you know, we, we, we knew how good he was. It's like when you see when we, he managed our team in his prime and you just you see, you know, I don't know whether I, I, don't know whether it's the fact he's in lockdown. You're not supposed to go to the bars, etc. But he, he, just looked like a drowned dog on Thursday. the, the, the weather—he looked like help. something
0: out of Father oh. Ted. I thought,
2: <laughs> oh, God, yeah. yeah, he did, didn't he? Really.
0: <laughs> anyway, uh, somebody who never ever looks like anybody from Father Ted ever, actually, I would say, apart from maybe a young Dougal, is Mister Jonathan Kidd. That Are was kind know, from,
1: from from Magic Roundabout. No, from Father Ted. Oh, I thought you meant Dougal from Magic no, Roundabout. No, no,
0: okay. no. Okay. Okay.
1: Oh. Deary me, that was almost a
0: compliment. It's so a fine-looking rare... man, Ardlo O'H- Ardlo Hanlon or whatever his name is. So I was on the
1: same bill as him once.
0: I thought you might have been. Yeah. A very funny man. I came third. It was did a competition. He was.
1: Fr-
0: he Does was that? Third. Did you put that on your CV? I came third to Ardlow Hanlon once. But,
1: funnily enough, no. No.
0: Yeah, he's a big Leeds fan, is he?
1: Yeah, dirty he Leeds. A, he thought he'd be a um, uh, somebody in the south of Ireland. You know, um, Man United, London. London. <laughs> <London>.
2: Barcelona <laughs> fan. That's right, it would be Man United. It? I, be- I believe he's Barcelona as well.
0: Right, yeah. we, got an email, an email? we got a memo. An email. We've got an email from the lovely Los Barnes, who's actually in Mixler as we speak. So Loz be careful Barnes. what you Loz, say.
1: Los, we love you. Loz we do. Uh, morning, chaps. Well, the joy of a Super Bowl is the ads. Give plenty of time to drop a line. Uh, oh, I see. Oh, I see what you mean. I thought you were talking about drugs for a moment. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I wasn't even fucking thinking of them.
1: Jesus Christ.
3: <laughs> God.
0: <laughs> I'll have a pint of whatever you're on, JK.
2: <laughs> I mean, I know the Super Bowl oh, was one-sided, but it weren't that bad. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It was. Oh, it was, Oh, oh, God. Oh, anyway. Yeah. What about the, the half time bloke, the weekend? For oh, goodness. so
2: I, I don't watch the half time show. I'll turn it off. For goodness, we, oh, I, I didn't watch it. Get
0: on with the no, email. It's already no, quarter, it it's so quarter past so nine. Long. I have to go to bed tonight. I know,
1: I know. I know. And there's an E. Why does he spell his name? W-E-E-K-N-D. What's Maybe he what? dropped the line as well. Yeah. Well, he must have done. You dropped a, 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 yeah, a letter. I sent him anyway. Um, uh, joy of a Super Bowl is the ads give plenty of time to drop a line to you. First want to give a big up to the pre- to a big up a big up to the preview shows just keep bet- getting better and better and love the opposition view. I agree fantastic opposition view better than us quality chap simple as. Now after the boredom, angry outbursts on discord and the sheer boredom of three points yesterday time to reflect a little a tittle on TT. Please, we're back in the hunt. Please mount whenever we'll just be Lampard's son anymore. Werner as well is growing again. Really good for him. Okay. I could list off the players who fell back to what had been normal service under lamps. Yeah, I agree. But sure, that will be covered by many, especially, by, well, yeah. So where is Tommy the wonder coach? When he arrived? Oh, no, hang on. That's not fair. there. <laughs> Four games. What's the matter? Well, it's Tommy the wonder coach. When he arrived, I heard lots of him changing formations, scouting the opposition, etc. What did we see? The fourth game of the same formation. Few players shuffled, and when the blades pressed his plan out of its boots, well, really nothing, bar a few changes in personnel. Okay, it's early days. He should be given some time. Bloody hell, yeah! But if we see the same formation with player shuffles, aren't we back to the accusation against Frank's team? Wilder won the coaching battle. Luckily, we managed to win the war. Just. Welcome to the EPL, Tommy. Time to sharpen up. Sterner tests are coming. Let's see how ingenious you can be. I've got my fingers crossed. On another on another note, Dazn gets me Italian league games, so I watched Tomori again, bossing for AC Milan. Ah, oh, yeah. Good, good question. If they buy him, I'll be devastated because with Silver and Dave to mentor him, he'd be a huge part of the team. I hope not to experience uh, the mitre beans for him like I do for Salad. De- De Bruyne et al. We've rolled the dice on Milan's finances. I hope we're right. Thanks for building this community. Adds a whole new level to match days and my weekly listening. Keep the blue flag flying high. Loz, Loz, great point about this community. I love it because there is a community and we communicate with them. You need to get into Discord on a match day, JK. I know I should. I must. They're all there.
0: They all ask about you. I've got it. I know. Actually, they're all rude about you behind your back, but
1: they all ask about you. As are are you, (laughs) Chidge.
2: never never ever ever he's rude about you to your face yeah. <laughs> <That's true. laughs>
0: yeah i don't ever knife people in the back i knife them in the front you should know that by now no you should get in there it's great fun it really is it's really civilized not like twitter
1: no, I don't. I don't. I uh, hardly tweet during match days. I've got a couple of WhatsApps. I'm on. I'm, I'll try and do Discord as
0: well. Yeah, he's in his posh WhatsApp groups, Loz. Sorry, They're
1: all. They're all barristers. I, know. Oh, I can't believe it. Better one's class a of, people of people than one, the likes of you and me, sir. Lord. One's a, a psychologist, Sir. It, uh, but I bet, oh, I'm a
0: psychologist. Well, even, close. Not.
1: Yeah, you're not a Sir. That, like, yes,
0: but I have got a title. What?
1: What? What? What is it, Chid? He said fishing.
0: No, I'm not telling
1: you. Oh, uh, okay. okay. Your Highness, to, to you. Oh, thank you. Yes, of course. I, yes, I, I grovel. Yeah. Um, well, anything else you want to talk about in that? Well, um, I just thought I thought uh, Loz made a good go point. Unfair. Fourth game. Fourth game. Come on, Loz.
0: No, I think, I, I, yeah, but he kind of, of reeled, he kind of reeled that back. I think the really interesting point that he makes is about Tamori. Now, here's the yeah. thing, Adam. My understanding of the Tamori situation is that, you know, Chelsea are quite a clever football club. Love them or loathe them. They are quite clever in their negotiations and their dealings. And they've pitched to Mori's sell-on fee for more than Milan are likely to be able to afford. And I think it's interesting that the, the news came out from somewhere today that uh, Masaro and, uh, and uh, oh God, I'm having a brain fart, Maldini, are trying to get a discount already, which kind of tells me that they can't afford 25 million quid. Am I right?
4: Uh, probably not at this point. It does kind of depend, I guess, where they finish at the end of the season. They're in a pretty good position so right they're now. Top. They're top um, of Serie A at the moment. Yeah, so if they do finish top or if they do finish in the Champions League positions, then they will get a bit of cash from that. Um, so I hope that Chelsea have pitched it right in the sense of I would quite like to see Tomori at, back at Chelsea. like, I'd like to think he'd be really effective in the back three. Uh, But I guess Chelsea may be looking at the fact they've got Mark Gurhey. And Mark Gurhey has been very, very good for Swansea this season. And I know it's a championship, but he has been seriously impressive and is equally as potentially good as Tomori. So maybe Chelsea are looking at it longer term and saying, well, we can't afford to have, we can't keep both of these guys happy. So let's let one go now and maybe get a bit of cash room.
2: Sounds like a Reese James Tariq Lamptey situation all over again.
4: Yeah, and no, I'd be interested to see what happens with Tina yeah, Libermento coming you know, through in that respect why, as well. Why can't
0: they just get rid of Rüdiger, uh, and Rudiger and Silva won't last forever and then they can have Gaye and Tamori?
4: Because nobody wanted to buy Christensen and Rudiger? Whereas somebody wanted to take Tamori?
0: I'll drive the taxi to the airport.
2: <laughs> well, I think the one person who wanted to buy Rudiger was Thomas Tuchel. So. Yes, oh, got... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, we'll watch this space, but uh, it'll be interesting. It'd be a great shame if Tomori uh, drops through the, the radar I, I would, or the, the net, slips through the net. Get my bloody metaphors right anyway. Uh, last email of the evening. Uh, and I'm sorry for the gents here. It's a bit of a protracted evening thanks to my memory card issues. Uh, last email of the evening. Simon Walters, he says, Hi, cheers, Jonathan and other legendary Chelsea fancast podders. My emails are normally based on memories of Chelsea or bigging up the players, etc. However, this email is just a pure thank you to the fan cast. It was tough for all of us in our own individual ways when Frank was sacked, but the show has provided a safe outlet for everyone to share their well-thought-out opinions on the matter. Many Many we agree with and many we disagree with. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. No one gets shut down." This is not the Arsenal fancast, where, to use the famous Mr. Mr Glover quote, it's just constant nappy shitting every time the shit hits the fan. No, we're Chelsea and it's just been amazing you, give, you giving a voice to the listeners so we can hear Chelsea fans from all over the globe and their thoughts on the club. In a world where we cannot go to the pub or to the bridge and chat endless shit about Chelsea with other like-minded people, the podcast has essentially become our pub and we're all the regulars. Thank you so much for all the hard work, as always. And up the Chelsea! Cheers, Simon. Well, if if the Chelsea fan cast is the pub, is a pub, and we're all regulars, I'm the landlord. (laughs) I, I, I feel an Al Murray moment coming here, perhaps. And we're all barred. You're barred, son. Yes. What was the... What did they say? Last orders at the bar. Ain't you got no homes to go to? Uh, sadly, we have, and I've kind of ruined their evening by my technical problem. But after this very short break, we will be doing a very quick preview of the Barnsley uh, Cup match on Thursday night.
2: Real fans, real opinions. I'm
4: Jason Cundy. And you're listening
2: to
3: the Chelsea Football Fancast.
2: Up the Chelsea
0: FootballFancast.com uh, Right, welcome to the Chelsea Fancast. I'm Chet Stanford Chidge. He down there is Jonathan Kidd. Him up there is Martin Wickham. And of course we've got the lovely... Uh, Adam Newson from football. London, who I can exclusively reveal. He said this to me, and I was so, I was, I, honestly, he t- probably doesn't realise this, but I was, um, I mean, in view of that last email that we had from Simon, I was incredibly flattered by this when Adam told me, oh, but Chidge, Chidge, um, you know, I, I've listened to the fan cast. I couldn't believe it, Adam.
4: <laughs> well, you know, Chelsea fan, it was inevitable, shortly. When did you start listening? Oh, God, uh, that's a good question. I've been listening on and off probably for three, four years. Wow. Because I started a job where I had to drive up to Milton Keynes yeah. every day or at least twi- uh, or at least three or four times a week. So I would uh, it's about 45 minutes from where I live. So I'd listen to half on the way up and the other half on the way back.
3: Usually. Well, there
0: you go. So, I mean, we, we got quite good by then, I think. We'd had like six yeah. years, <laughs> hang on, eight years practice by then. So what did you think of it?
4: Yeah, no, it's, it's very much like that last email. It's nice to just have. Uh, it felt it felt very nice to have that sort of space where they were just Chelsea fans talking about Chelsea without, mm. without really there being any bickering or pointless. <laughs> apart
1: from
0: apart from tonight. Well. No, well. <laughs> We let him down, JK. What can I
1: say? We I, let him down. Okay. No chitch, you
4: let him down. <laughs> no. Nasty bickering. Like as mentioned, there are some there are some platforms where it can become quite nasty, as you mentioned, Twitter. Mm. So in that respect, it's nice to to have a, a an outlet that sort of doesn't doesn't shout down people even if you disagree with them. Yeah.
0: I mean the thing is, Adam, I set this up because I wanted to basically take the what we do in the pub and, and broadcast it. And and that and my, my I have a golden rule, unless you're an esteemed journalist like yourself, which is if you want to be a regular on this podcast, you need to have drunk beer with me before or after a match, preferably both. And that's how you get on. I don't care who you are, how famous you are, how many bloody followers you have, if you've not had a beer with me at a game, then you're not on the show because that is the point. And we're all friends. We're all we really are all friends. And that's perhaps why it comes across the way that it does. But Really what int- did
4: you uh, What did you make of Thomas Tuchel saying he's not a beer guy?
0: Um, well, I don't mind. Other alcohol is available. <laughs>
2: he, he did. Say, he did say gin. That's, I uh... like
0: gin too. It's okay. Yeah. I love champagne. Uh, 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 I'm famous for liking champagne, mate. I don't care. I'll have a drink with him. I don't care what he drinks. Ale-
1: Alex likes gin, doesn't she? We let her on.
0: Alex loves her gin, and I love yeah. Alex, and I love Alex drinking gin. Yeah, are, I, I love any combination of gin and Alex, basically. Yeah, yeah It's about time she was on. I can't remember when she's on, on on later in the schedule, but there you go. Right, I know we're late and I really apologize for it. Let's do a quick preview of the Barnsley game. I'm sure we can rattle through this. Um I think the the key thing really it being a cup game um he's likely and he will be aware of course that we humped them 6-0 earlier in the in the season the Caribou Cup. But the, the the thing with Tuchel at the moment we all thought was well what's he going to play? What system is he going to play? What team is he going to play? But I do think that this is an interesting one because it might afford him the opportunity to try a different formation and certainly try a few different personnel. Now, my if he's going to change it completely, I'm I'm interested in what in, in the following. Will he play Kante and Gilmore in the two rather than Jorginho and Kovacic, for example? Will Zoom Just let let me let me run through it and then we'll we'll comment afterwards. Will will Zuma? get a game in in the centre of the three if he plays a three will reese come into the right of the three instead of aspie will emerson play as a as a left wing back this is of course it all presupposes that he does play three four two one or three four one two um what about havertz and pulisic i mean havertz scored a hat-trick against barnsley earlier in the season as we know will he play tammy up front now i'm going to ask uh, adam first because he's probably got some juice on this and then we can all have a chat about it adam
4: uh, I don't, I'm afraid, at this point. Damn it. Uh, and, and it is. it has been quite hard at this because, you know, we do a predicted lineup uh, uh, for Football London. And it has been a case of almost spinning a bit of a roulette wheel and guessing the names that are going to come on to this team. Because, yeah, I mean, he, he, may, he may try a different formation. I kind of think he won't, just because that would require probably a bit more work than sticking with the formation they've been working on for the best part of two weeks. Um, I think Kante might play just because he needs to improve his fitness. He has looked a little bit rusty in the last two games. Hopefully, Billy does get a run out as well because, you know, we would like to see that. Zuma, I imagine, will play as well. Reese in the back three is something I'd actually quite like to see. I think people uh, say he played there for the youth teams at points and could do a very good job. Uh, Emerson may play. He's one of the few who hasn't uh, actually had a chance yet under all. Uh, Havertz is still, I don't know if he'll be fit. He's not been fit for the last two games. He picked up an injury in training last week. Pulisic, I imagine, will feature at some stage because he will be fresh, having not played against uh, Sheffield United. Uh, Just to note, Hakim Ziyech has been completely forgotten about. He hasn't played the last three games now, which I find quite surprising. Um, So maybe he'll get some game time. And yes, hopefully Tammy does play because I don't think Tammy's had a fair crack at the whip yet under Thomas Togul. He had those 45 minutes against Burnley. Didn't do brilliantly, admittedly, but hopefully he
1: will get another chance to prove himself. Mm. Um, do you think that something might happen where he'd actually think some of these players don't work in his setup, or they don't convince him in training and yet there's uh, there star names or will he, will he will he rotate regardless? I think there will come a point where he works out who he does and doesn't want going yeah, forward, yeah.
4: Um, but I think it'll probably be a bit too soon to say that now. Um, but yeah, you know, there are going to be players come the summer who do depart because I do think he is going to make decisions and I I, I am concerned for Tammy largely because Chelsea keep being linked with Erling Haaland and I don't think they're going to get Erling Haaland because that would be one of the greatest pieces of business Chelsea pull off in recent memory but it does sound a bit ominous that they're looking for another striker.
0: The Um, The Borussia Dortmund chap that I spoke to the other week thinks that we've got the best chance of getting Haaland than anybody. Really? Yeah. He thinks Fair so play.
4: I'm f- if he I'm sure he's closer to it than I am, yeah. I just think I think Dortmund are going to want astronomical money because the release clause in his contract contract becomes active the summer after next. So they're gonna go either well if you want to get him out of this a year early, you're gonna to have to pay and you're gonna to have to pay a lot. Um and yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of other big, big clubs interested in Haaland who are probably willing to pay him a hell of a lot more than Chelsea would be
0: Real Madrid Barcelona can't
4: Yeah no yeah that's Liverpool the only
0: probably can't the only people really are united
4: City have been linked with them as well City of which, course yeah, yeah because obviously aguero is out of contract at the end of this season mm. they look gabriel jesus or gabriel jesus hasn't quite lived up to what he showed early on, so maybe City will go big for him. Mm. Um but yeah the fact that Chelsea the fact that Chelsea seems to be looking for another striker is of concern to me for Tammy longer term. Mm. Is that in the wind
1: then that's that's that that's rumbling along that story, is
4: it? Yeah and I think if if you're Tammy and you're you're twenty three, let's say let's say Chelsea do pull off the Haaland deal. Harlan's twenty, Tammy's twenty three, Harlan's gonna come in and be that striker for Chelsea okay. for ten years. What yeah. what 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 use is it not to be harsh i like tammy i think tammy does a lot of good things but if you're tammy and you see this lad coming who's younger than you and who's going to be first choice surely for him that's like well, well
0: i need to go wall, now. It? Yeah.
4: I need to go and play cuz i think tammy could be a very competent premier league striker for a lot of clubs in this division he he does look a bit ungainly at times and his long limbs can look a bit <laughs> awkward but you know too many people focus on what tammy doesn't necessarily do that well and ignore what he does do very well. And I don't think there's a more natural finisher in this Chelsea squad than Tammy, even again, if he does look a bit, uh, but he scores
0: goals, Adam.
4: Yeah. Yeah. He's always, he always has done. Right. Go back to the youth teams. He's always scored goals and yeah, he might not be brilliant at certain things, but he'll guarantee you. Well, I think he's on to what? 11, 12 goals already this
0: season. He's our top scorer. Interesting. Well, that's one to watch, isn't it? Um, Martin, you know, who do you fancy getting a start on uh, Thursday night? Up, um, up in the freezing north.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, see if we can do it on a freezing cold night yeah. in Yorkshire again. <laughs> I don't necessarily agree with Emerson playing. I think chilwell has been so well rested recently. You put him back in if you want to give Alonso, Alonso a rest. I'd like to see Zuma playing in the three. I'd like to see Reese playing in midfield if it was at all possible. I think he's got far more scope to play there but I've been banging that drum for a while Um, agree with everything that's been said thus far on Tammy um, I like him um, I'd like to see him get his chance because um, games like this are made for him to score he just he gets the scrappy goals that you need in some of these games and I think he does it quite well he doesn't seem to lack for, lack for confidence either which I think you can which I think he's good. We'll also, not mention Hudson Odoi. I'm assuming we'd be putting him back in for this game, would we?
0: Well, he started, you know, most of Tuchel's games, so we'll see, won't we? Yeah. I don't know, JK. What do you reckon, mate? Um,
1: yeah, I, I, it it would be a good opportunity, wouldn't it, to to try and play a different system. Mm. Um, Kante and
0: Kante and Gilmore have got to start in the two for me if he plays three, four, I two. Say, isn't
1: that, it's a double six, isn't it, Chidge? Rather than a two. Well, whatever. I mean, sorry, I'm just—I'm trying to be Tuchel-like here. Come on, you know it's what he, how he talks. Um,
0: no, he doesn't. Uh, he, he would talk more like that, I think.
1: Oh, sorry, I forgot. Yes, speak he's like German. Yes, Yes, of course. Yes, he yes, he's
0: our trainer, and he's looking good.
1: <laughs> Come on, Chidge, more, 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 more.
0: He has to win at Chelsea, as that's understood.
3: <laughs> so um uh,
1: I don't want Emerson to ever play again. Uh, I'd rather he did, whatever well, for any club ever. Yeah, any club ever. No, I would sell him for a huge amount of money and then never play again. Even a tower somewhere. I'd like Havertz to play just because he needs to score. He's not. Um, he's
0: probably not. He's not fit, mate. I don't think.
1: But at the moment, he's playing like Fotherington Thomas in How to Be Top. Hallowed trees, hallowed sky. Um, uh, that's why right, that's a bit of an obscure, obscure uh, uh, literary reference. And Pulisic just needs to play as much as possible because he's not the player he was. Um, uh, yeah, Zuma obviously needs to play because he's been injured. And um, um, and yeah, I, I, but it, it depends. What, what we know. It, it, the system might change. He, he might try. He might try a four. In which case it it, it it we'll see a couple of players sneak in who haven't been there who've been playing regularly. I mean, um, we'll have a. No, it, so it depends how he assesses. You know how how he assesses the cup. How he is if if he's the if he's the analyzer of opposition that we know he is. He'll have seen they're not very good and they're a division below. So he might play. Uh, he, he might give. Um, he might give another youth the go. I doubt it though. I think he'll just try and play the players who haven't been playing much recently. We'll I definitely have a, yeah, we'll have a better idea, obviously, after he does his presser on,
4: uh, on I think it's yeah. Wednesday. Mm. Um, but one player who I would probably like to see involved in some capacity is Tino Andrew. Mm. He's been with the first-team squad now for quite a long time. He's been training with them for the best part of at least three months. So, yeah, we saw him against Morecambe. Hopefully he can uh, get another sort of appearance under his belt because I think he has a lot of potential, actually, to be very, very good for Chelsea if if given a chance, um, if you say, if you watch the under-23s, he has far, far outgrown that level. Um, I think in a game against United, Chelsea played before Christmas. He just bullied people. He is he is a first-team player in waiting, I think, at Chelsea. So hopefully he can get some game time or at least be involved in some capacity
1: in the he squad. take players on in the way that he does in the under-23s. Because at the time he did play, he didn't take anybody on at all. And it's the same thing Adoy suffered from when he first came in. It's that weird thing. They make the transition and they just don't take the players on that they've been doing in the lower
3: level.
4: Yeah, hopefully. I think Tino, I think it's interesting that he did, he he made the decision not to go out on loan in, in January. Yeah. There yeah. were lots of clubs interested in Tino, um, but he's made the decision to stay. He wants to learn from Tuchel. He wants to try and get into the Chelsea picture, which from his point of view is probably a good thing to do at this point because in the summer obviously we're going to have Ruben Loftus-Cheek come back we're going to have Ross Barkley come back we're going to have Conor Gallagher come back so to be in Tuchel's mind is probably going to be quite important come Mm -hmm. the summer Um, but yeah so there's a there's a lot of good young players at Chelsea and I'm not sure how easy it would be for Tuchel to call one of them up say for Barnsley just because of the bubbles the first team bubble then the academy bubble probably prohibits him going oh we'll bring two, three of the academy lads with us to Barnsley, because I don't think it's that simple anymore, sadly.
0: And I think it plays into his game plan at the moment, which is to check out you know, his first team squad and find out who can do what for him. So I have you right there, Adam. Um, here's a question. Given that, let's be really honest here, we're not likely to knock Atletico Madrid out of the Champions League, and we're not going to win the title this year, in all honesty... How important is it, in fact, actually, I'll rephrase this, you know, does Tuchel have to win the FA Cup this year?
4: I don't think he has to, just because it's a cup competition and, you know, we know the randomness of that. But I think Chelsea should be definitely going for it um, unless they kind of fall out of the top four picture again. Um, Sorry, unless they are very much in the top four picture and it needs to take priority, but... You know why not? This Chelsea team is deep enough. The squad's deep enough. The team is good enough. They should be competing for for a trophy. Although it would be a little bit disappointing if uh, if they got to an FA Cup final, seeing as what happened to under Frank. If Chelsea got to an FA Cup final and won this time, there would very be mixed feelings, I guess, for a lot of people. Well, I don't front.
0: know, no, mate. If we win the FA Cup, I'll be absolutely delighted.
4: Okay, because Fair enough. It's,
0: because it's winning the FA Cup, and ultimately, you know, as I said, I love Frank to pieces. But what's gone is gone. There's nothing I can do about that. That's Arsenal
2: being knocked out, so we've got a better chance. Yeah. And
0: if Chelsea go and win a trophy, that's what it's all about. Uh, but the question is, boys, will they? Will they? Um, obviously, we beat them 6 0 in the Caribou Cup in September. God, it seems a long time ago, doesn't it? Havoc scored that fabulous hat trick. Silver, Silver and Chilwell made their debuts in that match. The interesting thing about that was that Frank made eight changes from the previous game, and yet the side, I think, was still really, really strong. So it'd be interesting what Tuchel does there. Burnley are currently sitting 12th in the championship. Uh their only wins in the last seven games have been in the FA Cup. So they've they've drawn their last two 0-0 and 2-2 against away at Forest and uh at home against uh, Cardiff. Uh they beat Norwich 1-0 in the cup. They lost 1-0 away to Watford in the championship. They lost 2-0 at home to Swansea in the championship and they beat uh Tranmere 2-0 in the FA Cup. So I wouldn't say their form is too great. Martin earlier on was absolutely spot on. Their their home match against Derby on Saturday was uh, postponed because the pitch was waterlogged. Now, if you lot, as I know you do, go back to 2008 when a very strong team that included both Frank Lampard and John Terry, as I recall, uh, played Barnsley... In uh, in March actually it was on the eighth of March in the FA Cup under Avram Grant the pitch was like a cabbage patch I mean it was it was like a pitch redolent of the worst pitches in the 1970s it's a horrible away game Chelsea fans got literally kettled inside a barn for ages they were horrible to us and and we we lost one nil to some, I can't even remember the guy's name now but we lost one Was it Brian Howard, was it? No, no, no. It was, um, it's an African-sounding name. I can't even begin to pronounce it. But uh, Anyway, it was a horrible experience. Um, you can't really see that happening again. Although, I have to say, JK, the fact that they got the pitch waterlogged on Saturday, that worries me a bit. They've had some snore up in, Nor- in Yorkshire.
1: won't Well, they it l- it'll have been postponed. Or oh, um, uh, mind you, that's too far north, isn't it? It'll be But <laughs> it was. It'll be. Hey,
0: by gum, lad! It's Barnsley. It's, 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 ah, Barnsley. The, it's
1: Barnsley. It'll be. Or alternatively, they'll have to play in a light covering of snow with an orange a ball. A light, like, uh, no, a light dusting. A yeah, light like a dusting, dusting, a dusting of snow. Right. A dusting. A dusting. we will see the lines like in Tromso.
0: Aye. What's it yeah. like to play on grass? We should. We, we would be singing if we were in fact able to be there. But there you go. There might be a problem, Martin, though. I mean, obviously, you were concerned about it because you remembered it.
2: Yeah, it just came up that the game was waterlogged, called off, etc. I can't imagine it's got any drier up there. So it's less a concern about it, you know, affecting the result as affecting there even being a game on. Um like us Barnsley have also changed manager mid season. Oh no, Struber. Struber has gone. No Struber, has he? no Gerhard v- Struber. Valerian Ishmael is in charge. Oh that's a shame. I thought it would be yeah.
0: a, a meeting of the Germans. I think maybe Struber was Austrian actually, wasn't he? He
2: was I think he was Austrian, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: it's a shame. I liked him. Oh well, say Levy. So uh Barnsley could have a manager bounce. Is that what you're trying to
2: tell us? Well I don't know, I think he's taken over took over a while back. Oh, all right, so fair enough. Know. Doesn't look like they having one now, but at the same time, their win over Norwich could probably be considered a minor upset, so you never know. Bottom line is,
0: my thoughts are that Barnsley will be well aware that they got humped stupid 6-0 when they came to Stamford Bridge. That will all be playing on their minds. But it's really, I mean, I, I know we should all be sitting there going, yeah, we'll win 3-4, 5-0, of course we will, what you're worried about. We don't know who he's going to pick. We don't know what system he's going to pick. He's probably going to pick a lot of players that haven't played. Mind you, that might be a good thing because they might be up for it. But it is a horrible pitch. It's a, it's It's got that classic ring about it, hasn't it, of an FA Cup tie where you don't want to go Thursday night. Horrible pitch. Might get lumps kicked out of us. So, I, I, you know, I really don't know what to say with this, apart from the fact I'm just going to be sensible and say that Chelsea should thoroughly beat Barnsley on Thursday night by three or four, Adam.
4: Yes, I. to be honest, I'm not that fussed as long as Chelsea win and they do it in 90 minutes and I don't have to sit for extra ah, time. You, in the you're freezing going to be cold. There, aren't you? <laughs> yes, I will be. I've checked the Met office. It says it's going to feel like minus eight. Oh, I do not no. want 30 minutes extra time. So Chelsea, 1-0 win. Don't care. As long as they win and it's done in 90 minutes, that's yeah. fine by me. Yeah. Um, and I've just remembered it's Coyote O'Dji, o- wasn't it, who scored against it Chelsea was. in 2008? It was. It was. Um, but yes, no. As long as it's done in ninety minutes and Chelsea win, that's all I'm that fussed yeah. about, to be honest.
0: Professional hit hitman job. Get in, get <laughs> d- get in, do the job, get out, get home. Don't blame me there, mate, at all. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll all be it'll thinking be about you. Yeah, it'll we'll be we'll be, we'll, we'll be worried about you getting too cold. On Martin, what are you going for?
2: I'm going to say uh, two nil Chelsea. Two nil Chelsea.
1: Jonathan, uh, I don't think it'll be played on Thursday. Really? Why? Be cancelled? Be too. Um... It'll be either frozen or, um, or waterlogged.
0: Okay. So you, you. Does, what, does, uh, what happens then? Does that mean we get a buy? Uh, I don't think so. We'd have to we be rescheduled,
4: I think. rescheduled. Uh, um, that would be a big was thing. It, was it not called off at the weekend because it was chucking it down and there was standing water yeah. rather, than, rather than... So hopefully if it, there's not a
1: absolute rainstorm before, it hopefully should go ahead. Yeah. Well, in which case it'll be completely waterlogged, so it'll be 1-1 and we win on penalties.
3: Don't okay. say that. <laughs>
0: Frightening. All right. So we're not quite sure what JK's predicting. Either somewhere between null and void and a 1-1 draw or going to penalties. I'm, I'm sticking my neck out. I'm going to say we're going to win by three or four. Simple as. All right. Let's hope we do. That's all we've got time for this week. JK and I will return on Friday with Mark Meehan. And uh, good old Mark. He's been in Mixler tonight, in fact. And Sam Incasol. Uh, what what do we call? Would that be stable partner? Is that how they describe journalists who write for the same thing? <laughs>
4: Esteemed colleague. Este- okay, think.
0: no, that, that actually you're right. That sounds much better. Sam is obviously <laughs> not a horse. You know that, was, that that was the clue, wasn't it? Really, Adam. Anyway, yes, yeah, Sam Inkersoll from Football. London. He's joining us, uh, Mark, Meehan, JK and myself for the preview show on Friday, which is of course seven o'clock live on Mixler, and we'll be looking back at the Barnsley match, unless it's been called off, as Jonathan suspects it will be. And, of course, we'll be looking ahead to Monday night's match against Newcastle. Now, due to the Newcastle match being on Monday night, that means we'll be back next Tuesday for the Chelsea fancast, reviewing the very same match. And J.K. and myself will be joined by Dan Silva, and possibly one other. We'll see. Now, don't forget to check out Dean Mears' Went to Mo Kings Meadow podcast on the Chelsea FC women's team, which will be due out tomorrow night. Of course, they lost at the weekend to Brighton, which is highly unlike them. So Dean will probably be very sad. Uh, but anyway, don't let that stop you. It's a great podcast. Uh, the Chelsea Fancast is available as a podcast on ChelseaFancast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud and Spotify, as well as other podcast distributors. Talking of which, you can also find it on uh, the CFC Blues app, along with lots of other podcasts too.
2: And they tell you how to get that right here. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play.
0: Now, Patreon. Uh, first of all, massive thank you to everybody. I mean, lo- loads of people are signing up to Patreon, which is really beautiful of you. It makes me love you even more than is humanly possible. So there you go. So if you want to help me cover the cost of doing all the shows, la, 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 la. Uh, and, I mean, more importantly, actually, it's a great bunch of people on there. And uh, occasionally we do a bit of premium content. Now we don't do premium content it's the same old crap it's just that we do it exclusively for Patreon people like Q&As and stuff like that but I mean the I think the real thing is it, it entitles you automatically to a Kerry Dixon mini banner Uh but also uh you get uh you get to join our Discord group, which is great fun, as we were saying earlier on, actually good people in there on a match day. And actually all week just chatting about Chelsea, having a bit of a laugh. So there you go. So bung us a few quid a month, no pressure, don't have to at all. I still love you anyway if you don't, but if you do want to, it's patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. And finally, uh your emails, which we love. We love to get your emails, or Patreon messages, or Instagram posts, or tweets which we'll happily read out on the show. Get them in by Sunday, and the email address is chelseafancast at gmail.com, and the preeminent voiceover artiste of his generation will read them out. And well,
3: who so, are you getting in? And
0: so and so will JK. But ah. oh. <laughs> well, there you go. Now, JK and I love reading them out, so there you go. Now, you can follow the show on Twitter at... Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Martin at Martin underscore Wickham and Adam, is Adam underscore Newsom? No,
4: it's just Adam Newsom. Adam Newsom, good for nice you. Nice
0: Yeah, Adam Newsom N-E-W-S-O-N and of course check out Adam's great stuff on football.london, the, the Chelsea bit of that he, he writes some great stuff, as does Sam so well worth following. You can avoid mine at the weekend, it's usually <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm so glad I put that caveat in this weekend yeah. i would have looked so stupid but there you go yeah but adam and sam do a great job they put my stuff up on the weekend it's i've kind of become a weekend columnist i kind of like that yeah no, i know like uh, it's going well yeah good excellent stuff all right well thank you for your help mate i really appreciate it right boys time to go to bed i think uh, for you lot i have to now sit up and try and make some sense out of this for the next hour or two but hey ho such is my life martin great to see you as always mate
2: yeah likewise good to be here thanks for having me on
4: pleasure
0: Adam, what a fantastic debut. Sorry it's been a bit mental tonight, but uh, lovely to see you.
4: That's perfectly all right. Very enjoyable evening. Thank you, guys. Well, we look, we'll see you
0: on the Friday show soon enough, no doubt. But we look forward to getting you back on. The, but I've, we enjoy doing the Monday show. It's a bit kind of loony. I like that. <laughs> Friday night's a bit more professional. But this is really where it's at, you know. But anyway, it's great to see you, Adam. Thanks as ever. JK.
1: I've got an idea oh. cut the cut the first 15 minutes start 15 minutes in say you had a problem with the with the card had, and then had you... a problem with one of the cast so they yeah, went yeah. a bit
0: loony
2: <laughs> and then the card followed suit <laughs> no the timing will be fine
0: it's just oh whatever and jk brilliancy you. you've been on fire tonight always a pleasure mate
1: oh thank you thank you and yourself you've been very witty mostly at my expense <laughs> <but> I...
0: <laughs> true Harsh but fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, matey. Um, well, enjoy the match. Obviously, everybody on Thursday. Uh, I'll see you on Friday, J.K. Mixler people. You've been long suffering and absolutely lovely tonight, and I love you to pieces. We'll see you again on Friday too. So, thank you for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, keep it chels.
3: Oh. Not the chels.